Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today, we have got episodes 34 through 36 of Digimon Tamers. We're finally going back for a three count. I would arguably say, like, this is, like, the climax of Tamers at which, like, every other event starts to, like, downturn for the rest of the series. I think you could make a very compelling argument that these are the three most important episodes of the entire series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they feel like it. There's big stakes, big action, big developments, the whole thing. It's just, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, this is, this is the big domino that sets everything else off. Exactly. Yes. Uh... I've been waiting ever since we started this podcast to cover like three these three episodes specifically, and now that we're here, I'm not ready. <laughs> like <I'm, laughs> I was, I was turning it all last night, and I just put in our Discord like I'm ready to cry. It's gonna suck, Did like in cry? a good way, yeah. of course. I got a little, I got a little like misty eyed almost. I was just, I just realized when I was watching like the first two, uh, specifically that like, episode. It's more, yeah, like the the first two episodes uh, this morning. Um, I was like, kind of just sat there with, my, and I realized my mouth was like open. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yep, these still have the impact they used to. Um, oh, they did, they did the first time. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot I've forgotten about this. It's like the reason we're doing all three of these at once is because it is essentially one like extended episode. It's very like, um, it's like one long encounter essentially. Yeah, um, the Big yeah. fight. If you want, if yeah, you were to give it a name. In a series mostly known for, like, you know, r- rarely even do final bosses get multiple episode battles. This is a three-part <laughs> battle, and this isn't even the final boss. This is, like, the yeah. um, the, the final boss is Flunky, who shows up a bunch of I times w- throughout the game. This isn't even, like, the final boss is Flunky. This is, like, the, the sub-boss before, like, Disc 1's final boss type of thing. Like, we are not even on Disc 2 yet of Digimon Tamers, <laughs> and, we're st- and we're here at a three-episode... Uh, section, and it's not hey, even I'm like the, this... the biggest thing. I'm on this six now, <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know what you're saying. Then, yeah, the, the good RPG one. Thing, I, yeah. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. no, I'm literally on the search. Like, I've got the, I've got the DVDs and all. That means um, we're like almost there. Huh. Yeah. Um, these episodes I understand also have um some differences between. Well, I mean, I feel like most of them have had differences between the subs and dubs. But because of the importance of these episodes, I feel like there were some differences which, you know, kind I, of hit a bit different. Which I am waiting with, with bated breath. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I I'm honestly go was and... sitting here last night and was like, I am ready to hear like everything that Scrafty is going to tell us. Yeah, I feel I think for me, this is more academic because it's like, I think the episodes still work incredibly well. Oh, they do. These episodes do. work. The problem is they make two major changes that are going to you know, have very long-reaching effects on the themes of the rest of the show. Okay. Can't wait. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, this is very much the big the big moment in Tamers. Everything else from here is kind of hazy and kind of fever-dreamish. And I, 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 I'm saying that as a, like a... It's mostly intentional, I believe. So very interested to, you know, watch the rest of this and remind myself of where it goes absolutely yeah so i think because again three very big episodes um we should get started right away or if you're both good with that yeah let's jump right into it um would you like to take us off on our first episode for this batch 
Yeah, absolutely, yes. So uh, the 34th episode of Digimon Tamers is called uh, Heart, uh, Lionheart, even. Um, and it is uh, written in uh, English by Adele Lim. Um, and I have the original Japanese uh, writer. I never seem to have this, uh, but this crafty kid do happen to have it on hand. Yes, this episode was written by uh, Chiaki Konaka himself and directed by Hiroki Shibata. Fair enough. Yes, and this was originally aired in Japan on November the 25th uh, and of 2001, March the 9th, uh, 2002 in English. So this episode... I, just, uh, I can't get over the Japanese title. It's so funny. Oh, yes. What is the Jap- Sorry, the Japanese title is uh, The Kind-Hearted Hero Liamon Dies. <laughs> it's like, hey, guess, guess what? It's like, you turn... The- Imagine turning that on for, like, its premiere and then you just get hit with that. And it's like, Imagine oh, hang on. They always do the next time on, right? In, ja- in Japanese, imagine seeing the next time on and seeing like you know the the pleasant upbeat music and then seeing the title, "The Kind-Hearted Hero Leomon Dies." <laughs> yeah, just what what is going on? Um, also, I swear this was called "Half a Lion" in the DVDs. Have but uh, okay, whatever. Anyway, so this is the scene where the sort of following up from the previous episode where Susie is now a tamer. <laughs> she has her own Digimon, Lotmon. It's kind of following up on that, and the gang are like figuring out what they're going to do, and they realise they're in the sort of land of the sovereign now, and they're really close. So they think they're going to go in there and just the way Takato puts it is basically they can just talk to the sovereign. If all they want to do is just digivolve and all that, then surely, surely they can have a chat. And Lotman's like, "What the hell is wrong with you? No, <laughs> no, that we absolutely can't do that. Not happening whatsoever." And you know, there's a bit of a standoff there, but their conversation kind of doesn't go very anywhere very far because they're interrupted by Beelzebub, who is there to crash their party, and he is there obviously to finish his job. He's there to kill them, and you know this obviously means that the only people there that can really fight are Henry and Terrymon. So Terrymon's Matrix digivolves into Rapidmon to you know try and stop Beelzebub, but Beelzebub outranks him and you know outclasses him and takes Rapidmon down with like relative ease. So they're in, they're in kind of like a bad way. It's not going well. Thankfully, Rika, Jerry, you know, Kazukenta, Leomon, Kubimon, Graumon, Gardramon, they're all in the desert walking through and trying to basically find Takato and Henry and where they got whisked away to. But they hear a data stream nearby where they actually hear Takato's voice. And rather than trying to run away from the data stream, Rika's like, we should go into it. And they kind of all sort of agree, Kazu and Kenta being very sort of nervous about that idea, but it does whisk them away to where Takato and the rest are facing down Beelzebub and just in time too. So this of course means they can put a bit of a better defence against each other for taking down Beelzebub. So Cubimon is there and Cubimon does her best to try and fight, but is kind of, you know, battered around by Beelzebub really. Beelzebub is then stopped by Leomon before Beelzebub could kill Cubimon outright. And Leomon gives his speech about, oh, you know, you're clearly being used, and can't you see? You're, like, you're clearly a pawn being used by much greater powers. Like, this isn't how you should use power, and so on. Beelzebub doesn't take kindly to this, so he just promptly stabs him straight through the gut with his hand. And thus, Leomon is dunzo. <laughs> he, is, he is dead. R.I.P. Leomon, pour one out. Needless to say... Jerry basically immediately breaks down in tears and so on and is, uh, you know, really going through it in this. Takato is pissed. He is very much in the mood to just see Beelzebub 
tear apart now. And this has a adverse effect on Graumon. So Graumon is, you know, kind of like picking up on Takato's anger and it's changing him and making him go feral. He sort of silently digivolves into War Graumon in a kind of a weird, disturbing scene. And then Takato is basically ordering War Graumon to digivolve to Mega so he can defeat Biazimon. And so War Graumon does this and he digivolves into Megidramon, who is a big dinosaur. So dinosaur, he's a big dragon. You know, like a like a wyvern type dragon with like big ripped apart wings and a huge massive hazard sign on his chest, which is beeping and going off. And this is clearly not what was supposed to happen. This is clearly not a good mega. This is more in the school Greymon category of, oops, you fucked up. You shouldn't have done this <laughs> type of mega. So that's kind of where the episode ends with Hypnos back on Earth, back in the real world rather, trying to like figure out what the hell's going on. Why is why is it like the digital world's about to go into meltdown? And Takato drops his digivice with it shattering into a million pieces. So, very, very bad bad times. <laughs> bad times all around in this episode. I hurt emotionally. On the outside, I skirt skirt. But on the inside, I hurt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes, this Don't is the know. one where Leomon dies. And <laughs> those... The Thus the meme was born, I guess. This you might, you might as well call this one. The, yeah, you might as well call this one the one where Leomon dies, because that's what people remember it for. I mean, the they did. Watches Leomon die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Leomon, <laughs> the Leomon snuff film. That's this episode, but it's also <laughs> the episode where we see Megidramon. Like this is, I thought that might be like an episode apart, but no, they just show enough. They have it so that Leomon dies, and then we get Megidramon in this episode. It's and a very good cliffhanger. Yes. You know what Digimon's bad news where it's when it's literally named after the hill on which Jesus was crucified? Jesus. Is that really? Oh jeez. Yeah, Megiddo. Okay. Oh, okay. That's uh yeah, he's, he's that ain't news. good. Um Yeah, Megidramon the effects of him the effects of Megidramon's mere presence in the digital world is like kind of covered a bit more in the next episode, but he immediately strikes a very fearsome impression, absolutely. And compared to, it's on. I'd say it's on the same level as like School Greymon in, uh, which this is clearly mirroring from like Digimon Adventure, except yeah, yeah clearly <laughs> way more potent. Um, and you know, School Greymon was only 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 an ultimate. Um, so yeah. Speaking of power levels, I feel like this is the. I feel like they really lean into Bialzamon being a mega in this to like have him be as powerful as he is, because other than that, he doesn't seem that like good a fighter or whatever. <laughs> he mm-hmm. just has a lot of power and two big shotguns. So Yeah. He's basically brute forcing everything up to this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is very in character for him, but yeah. Um Oh I didn't mention the line that Leomon says when he dies. Um which is, um, oh, uh, it's like, oh, be strong, Jerry. Remember, you have the heart of a lion. Which I think is a fun, yeah, well, a, a great li- line. A lion's heart, specifically. That's the title drop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What is the line he says when he dies in Japanese, Scrafty? So, <laughs> strap in. I'm going to talk for a little while. <laughs> okay, go for it. Get my seatbelt um, on. So we got to move back a bit to the beginning of the episode where. Um, We'll, see, we'll call him the B-team, is walking along, and they kind of 
ask Leoman um, what makes him like why how did how did him and Jerry become partners? And in the original, Leoman says very specifically that I feel like me and uh, Judy becoming partners is is fate, and this is probably the reason why I was created is to be her partner. So this is a really important line because it ties into basically what's gonna cause Jerry's mental breakdown in this episode because when Leomon dies, his last words as he fades away in the Japanese version are, are I suppose this was inevitable. This was my fate from the start. Oh, yeah. so very fatalistic. Yeah. It's very fatalistic, and that's why it causes Jerry to have a mental breakdown because the notion that you know the terminus of all living things the, the 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 fate of all life is is inevitably death is what sets her off and i'm getting a little bit into spoilers here but i think it's important for the context of this that is basically what her dad said when her mom died was i suppose this was oh. inevitable oh so that's what messes her up so badly is is that one and they they try to really really sloppily retcon it in the dub when they find out how important that like Leoman's last words are for her mental health but um it is it is critical that a he invokes fate b he invokes inevitability and c that it is directly connected to you know existentialism and death so i don't blame the dubbers like they probably didn't have the you know the the scripts that far in advance, but this is you know, one change going to cascade into having multiple consequences down the line, and yeah, like it, it's a little bit sad <laughs> because it's a little bit. I mean, like it, it's I mean it's sad in that like they yeah they didn't I'm, have I'm, the materials necessary to make. Oh, it you mean faithful. you mean you mean the co- the the context, not like the line itself. I was gonna oh, be yeah, like no, the, the line itself is like, soul crushing. <laughs> That that is more than a little bit sad. Yeah, the, the, line, the line itself is soul crushing, and like it's the, for the rest of the like the, you know the series, Jerry gets fixated on on fate and and destiny being death. Like those two are one and the same. She has a because of this event, she is a permanently she's permanently linked the concept of inevitability with death. So like it's it's unfortunate because that's that that is the the backbone of her character, and they don't handle it as well as they could because of this one choice of words because leon going out encouraging her it gives a different context right like it obviously it's still sad but like the it's the her his last words echoing in her brain that caused her to you know fall down the slippery slope so to speak uh and it's this like it's this that basically i said a, a few episodes back that like there's going to be a point where Jerry is arguably, like, one of the two most important characters of this show, I would say. Technically three, but, I mean, if you, yeah, like, yeah. want to, like, if you want to, like, really narrow it down, I feel like you could say two. And, yeah, this is a, this is a very painful thing. Like, hearing this is just like, wow, like, I want to crawl into bed and, like, have a nice cry because, geez, like, that is, this poor girl has already, we already see, like, I mean, like, in this episode, at least in the dub, and in former episodes, she's talking about, like, oh, like, I'm not that strong a tamer, like, I don't know what I did to deserve you, Leomon, type of thing. She's like, or, like, in the the original Leomon episode where he appears, she's like, oh, like, of course I'm not good enough to be a tamer. And then you have this where they do become partners, and she still has that, like, hesitance of, like, oh, like, am I really meant to be a tamer, like, Rika or Takato type of thing. And yeah. she's, 
and but hearing this of like oh like we're meant to be together like we are it's destiny that we are partners and then boom he's dead he is murdered in front of her eyes by a former friend or air quotes friend you could say and then the inevitability that is presented in the sub uh yeah it is no surprise that this girl has basically blue screened for the rest of the series i feel like fate spitting in her eye is like that is still something that is very apparent here like she is clearly being she's clearly someone who is going through a rough rough time even if they don't explicitly say like have Liam on say meant refer to fate and so on it's still clear that like Jerry just has zero like look and you know she has she has the absolute misfortune to be in this situation despite being the one who has been the team like not quite the least amount of time because obviously there's Kazu now but um the um you know certainly uh, least less time than like the people who are actually fighting more like uh you know the the main the main trio so i don't know it's just it, it's still really rough and like even his words of encouragement are like well you just got murked very casually by Bialzimon. <laughs> so like what good are you like his words don't exactly he's like encouraging in the way that Liamon is and his voice actor is as good as ever but like I don't know. It, it it kind of just rings a bit like kind of hollow. Maybe that's just because I know where this is going. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I see. I, I think they should have. I'm not. I'm not trying to say by the way that they shouldn't have edited it the way they did, or it's not a shame that they edited it the way they did. But I, I don't know. So I feel like I'm still picking up what like the original authors were putting down rather than the rather than the dub authors. It's, yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's it's not like a, a absolutely ruinous change, but I think removing the thematic link between Leomon's death and her mom's death is it makes it kind of awkward when it gets there because once they realize that you know that that line was very important, they try to awkwardly shoehorn it in as like after you know her mom dies, her dad goes, "Well, a part of her is going to be with us always," which is kind of what like one of the, the one of the minor things that Leomon says as he's dying in the tub. Um, but it doesn't cut to the bone in the same way because that I don't think that would hurt a child to to hear versus you know this was going to happen from the start, like the moment she got sick, this was her fate i mean maybe yeah i I can yeah. I still understand like there there is still definitely impact behind that a bit like well, your mom's gone, but she's still always like that like for a for a kid depending on like their maturity and whatnot like that can still like be painful, I'm sure, yeah, so long term the Jerry Jerry's character arc or whatever, yeah, so definitely suffers. Um I think I feel like that's impossible to deny based on, you know, that that change and exactly. that was clearly unintentional and, you know, clearly has to be sort of made up for later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's not their again, it's not their fault. They didn't know. I'm not blaming no, them no, for no, this no. or whatever. No, it's no, just... totally. Yeah. So in the episode, I feel like the whole actual just Liam on death scene, like in a not in a vacuum, but like within the space of the episode and like the next few episodes, I guess uh, the next couple, the, the ones we're going to cover today, I suppose. I think it, I think it still hits really hard, especially because like there were a couple of things. Firstly, it's not like Leomon is like keeping like pace with Bialzimon and then gets you know, or or even something like he just gets his ass whooped for like a good minute or something before he, the final blow. It's just it's like a one shot. Yeah, it's basically just like, hey, asshole, don't do that, and then he's like, well, hey, guess what? you're dead now <laughs> it's incredible it's like it, what Leomon's line that he uses is basically uh, do what you must but I will not let you harm these children and then it's uh, so it's good like, and yeah, I, I feel do. like I, I feel like if there were 
if they were like particularly cruel or whatever, they wouldn't have had like Beelzebub Man say something like, "Well, if I must," and then he just do that. But I'm glad they do. I'm glad they do that. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, do, they do have something like similarly mocking though, and Leon says it in the dub only that really metal line of like to have power is not to be strong, and it's then so Le- Beelzebub one shots him and goes, "No, you're wrong. To have power is to be strong," and I just proved it to you. Yeah. yeah. Can I just say like one of my favorite bits about that scene is like. I really appreciate like how impactful and major Leo Mon's death is to everyone, and I, I both because of, like how he's been presented, like he he one shotted um Kumbira Ma, like he's been he he one shotted Orochi Ma, like he's been a, a a strong part of this team, like both in terms of like his wisdom and his strength, and like even in, in terms of, like the Digimon mythos, like even though he died in adventure, like he was still a very major part of that. I know this only applies to the dub, but, like, you know, like, Leo Mon is a pretty impactful, like, big character. Like, he's a strong character. Like, we've seen yeah. that in Adventure up until his, uh, up until he died. We see that in Tamers. And so everyone's been like, not Leo Mon. It's like, yeah, like, there is, like, the, the gap of, like, champion to Mega. But I like just the fact that, like, Leo Mon is just such a, a figure within Digimon that they have that reaction of, like, how could you defeat Leo Mon of all creatures type of thing. He's a very, I mean, he's heroic to, like, fault, and... Yeah. It, yeah, so it really works in that effect, even if, yes, he was ultimately no more... He was ultimately going to stand no more of a chance against someone like Beelzebub than, like, Gardramon was, you know? So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not, like... It's not terribly surprising that he does end up, you know, dying, I guess, but it's the way it's delivered and so on. It's a, there's, there's almost, like, a casualness to it, which is, like... Like obviously the kids are like the kids' reactions supply a lot of the you know the drama and so on, but like the the instantaneous like the instant nature of his death and then also the scene after where like Beelzebub is like absorbing his data, which is something that we haven't seen a lot lately. Um, the character yeah. you don't really see characters absorb data too much, um, except for like maybe Beelzebub like with the Crystalamon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's it's just kind of it has this like I, I wrote down I thought I thought this is kind of disgusting <laughs> like him just like casually absorbing his data like this and yeah it's just it has a really gross sense to it it's like ugh no that's like it's just basically like eating the body or whatever it's like you know it's not graphic or anything but it's it kind of carries that weight which yeah, yeah totally. it's, it's 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 a cool thing that they were able to. To do it's that. horrifying. It's it's substantially yeah. horrifying, despite being like G rated. Like we know, like the impact of like yes. absorbing data. We know that like the Tamers didn't absorb data because they felt like it wasn't right type of thing, you know, or they didn't need to get stronger. They literally Be- don't need to. Yeah. 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 But Beelzebub's whole purpose was I'm going to get stronger, and then like it's almost mocking in a way of I one shotted your Digimon who was so far beneath me. Now I've taken his data. And who it probably wouldn't add much to Beelzebub's power, but he's still yeah. doing it like just because he is the worst right now. Does that come back? Does that come back later in terms of like oh we absorb Liam? It absolutely power. does, and yeah. it results in probably one of my favorite moment in this entire season. Yeah, it, I yeah. Think so yeah, I had a feeling it might. It might also yeah. that might also maybe change my opinion on on uh, one of the scenes in the fucking radio drama <laughs> you know the one that we just tore to shreds uh recently no um, that will never change the, but, yeah, no, I'm, still, that. <laughs> I'm still gonna hate it no no believe me there are a million one reasons why i'll always, I'll always hate that piece of shit but um there were a couple of things in there about like Impmon and Leomon and 
and Jerry, um, which yeah. I I, yeah. I found a bit like, uh, but maybe maybe I was missing some context there. I'll freely admit that, uh, if nothing else. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, no, I I don't worry, we get you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, it is a very important point that Jerry does not forgive Impmon. <laughs> so having yes having yes, that no, okay. plot okay. point being the drama is a uh, pretty gross. It's still bad. <laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough. No, nothing's changed, then. Can I get on a very, like, quick soapbox about Jerry and, like, about, like, why I especially, like, love and am broken by her own breaking in this episode because of um the dub line of Remember You Have a Lion's Heart? Go for it. Because, I mean, like, she does. Like, she's, like, we see her at the beginning of the series as, like, the, the quote-unquote, like, the weird kid. Like, she has the dog puppet. Like, the she's horse not girl. really... Yeah, she's she's the horse girl, like, um, she's, like, doesn't really get, like, along with, like, a lot of Takato's friends at first, like, she's trying to, like, fit herself into their group, like, wedge herself in because of, like, how much she, like, wants to be friends with them and how she's getting involved, like, when she meets Gilmon and everything, like, we know about, like, the, the sort of drama, um, lying with her family, like, her father, especially, like, as we talked about, like, I, I remember, Scrafty, you said, like, her dad's hinted to be at, like, in the Yakuza. Like, her dad's very strict, doesn't like her showing emotion type of thing. Uh, then we hear the stuff in the uh, the Orochimon episode about how all that stuff. And yet, like, she is always shown as, next to Takata, like, the brightest and, like, the sunniest character. And, like, s- stuff has gotten her down, sure, but, like, nothing to this effect. But, like, this just absolutely destroys her. Like, this this shreds her as a person. Her like D her D D power digivice breaks like the screen cracks and stuff like it is just an instant shattering of like one moment like and Leomon is right she does have a lion's heart but she just instantly falls into despair and it's so painful that a character who is so resonantly strong just breaks instantly. The way that she's like shrieks when he dies is like legit haunting to me <laughs> like. We've seen, yeah. you know, people in the series cry, and we've seen them, like, scream in anger, but I don't think I've ever seen any character in Digimon, like, just wail in despair like that. Yeah, it's it's very desperation, like, wailing and, like, yeah. screaming and crying, and it's so horrible. Can I just say something on the... Because you mentioned about the D-Power, um, you know, uh, failing, basically. There's a great yeah. contrast between, like... Because we see two D-Powers break in this episode. We have Jerry's, where... It basically just fades to like lost transmission static. or whatever. Static. Static, yeah. And then uh, you have uh, Takato's, which just shatters. And that's like a great, exa- it's like a great, like, sort of way of just explaining the, maybe not that sort of, but <laughs> just a way of explaining like the, the t- how the two, how these two different relationships are broken down. Like, Limon is literally dead. There is no love lost, but like, they're, they're, he's, he's now gone. So, like, in turn, Hidi power is still there, but it's like breaking apart. It's like no longer picking up a signal because he's just not there anymore. But like, like yeah, there's no love lost or anything between them. Whereas Takato and Gilmon, it's like no, Takato just shattered the relationship between them. Like he he he's broken. He's broken it. Like it's not there anymore and it's destroyed. Like it, that, having the deep powers like standing as like the relationship there is is quite an interesting like touch, I suppose. Um, it's kind of it's, you kind of also see it with Susie as well, where like she's like 
flailing her depower around as well as like an example of like no i need to be with lot one like because i've got this like even though she's young she like understands what those actually mean <laughs> so it's yeah there's some nice like it, uh, they, they do some good stuff with like using that as like an analog for the relationships between, between the tamers which mm-hmm. i thought was quite neat yeah so this is just it's just a little thing you know <laughs> i i to i i need to pivot to the susie thing because i just love that she's like no lotmon digivolve and she's like i can susie and she's like i don't care like digivolve like like she's like <laughs> like she's like a kid whining like i don't care that your your dang davis or your dang sovereign said you can't please digivolve like we're not in a good way and she's like no and then henry's like Su- susie stop being five Please, Beelzebub <laughs> has two shotguns and is like stepping forward slowly. Like you need to not. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff with like Henry's just general attitude to like Susie being there, being like, "Oh, this, this, this is bad. <laughs> like this is bad news." And there's yeah. every character is in a bad. A lot of characters are in a bad way this episode, and I like that it's not just like focused solely on like say Takato and Jerry, but like Henry is like very much struggling because his sister is there and he can't do anything to protect her from Bielsamon. Susie is freaking out and like sobbing this episode because of Bielsamon's just very present and like what's happening. You have Johnny in the real world who is having a meltdown because the digital world is having a meltdown. But yeah, it's... you sort of you you see that at the end of this episode where there is a scene with John you like looking at like red lights in the sky or whatever, which I presume is coming from like the Hypnos building. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure what that meant. Yeah, but it the... is. right, okay. But the um, yeah, you see that a bit more in the next episode. Like, there's some good stuff with John you, but yeah, this first episode is very much Jerry and Takato focused. I would say uh, beyond yeah. like the sort of aftermath of the previous episode with Susie and Lotmon and, and Henry, but um. Yeah, the next episodes do fill 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 out a bit more, which which I do appreciate because this is a very good show when it comes to like the notion of like no character being left behind, which is something that I always appreciate in like an ensemble story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this show is just really good at that. So um, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've 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 you know I've dunked on the dub a bit this episode, but even though I, you know I, I can repeat it that the the problems with this episode's dub aren't their fault. But I did, I did want to give, give some praise to the dub as well, because there are some fun lines and changes they made in this. Um, there's a really cute, like, I guess sort of callback in the beginning, where um, they ask how, how Jerry's doing, and she says that, oh, I'm just peachy, which is a reference to when Takata was faking yeah. her letter last episode. Um, he wonders what she would say, and then <laughs> figures that she would probably say that she was just peachy. I love that. That was so cute. It's it's a good little thing that's like 100% not in the sub. Um, I also love Bielsmont embracing his Italian heritage by uh, quoting The Godfather Part 2 with his It's Nothing Personal, It's Just Business line. Oh, yeah. was that? Also, that's that's so good. Oh, I see. Right. That was a day back. Because I thought when he started saying, and I, I, not, not that I've seen The Godfather, which, you know, hey, sue me, right? Um, but the, um, the, the thing that I was thinking of is because he's such an edgelord, I was just immediately thinking of that fucking Nothing like, personnel you know, kid. Nothing personnel <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah, nothing, nothing personnel kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Teleports um, behind you. Exactly, yes. Which he, I mean, again... He does do that next episode. Yeah. <laughs> or whichever episode. Uh, it might be the last one, but yeah, he, he, he does a lot of whizzing around. <laughs> in he, a he nothing hedgehog like fashion. Like constantly. <laughs> yeah, yes. He's very... Uh, yeah, yeah, he he's a he's a Sonic OC in spirit, and slightly in form. So <laughs> I 
I gotta say, because uh, Tom, you were mentioning like the the dynamics between character uh, between like say or the relationship between Takato and Gilmon, that's like sort of indicated by like it's broken by the broken D power. Uh, what I really like, and I mean this not like. I mean, it's good, like, writing. I don't mean I like it, because it makes me hurt. But I I like the fact that when Takato, like, activates the Satsuri no Hado, and he's, like, telling Graalmon <laughs> uh, to Digivolve, he's saying, like, I'm ordering you to Digivolve. It feels very, like, reminiscent of, like, early show Rika, but, like, in a much darker way. Like, it's no longer, like, to, like like pet owner yeah. and pet or like friend and friend like best friends it is it is yeah. immediately like a a own like a, a like a i'm trying to think of the words yeah. it's like not the dynamic master, at all yeah, master like servant. It, it just... yes yes it is it, it is him yeah. taking like command and control of gilmon and demanding that like he he go and essentially kill him he basically just say like i i'm going to make you hurt i'm gonna make you pay and, yeah. and just from his anger and he's saying like tear him apart type of thing like it is like it is such a contrast to Takado in like every way and I absolutely love that like of how they show that so effectively in such a short amount of time yeah it comes back to the stuff that I think I think Scrafter you'd mentioned in the previous episode about the Takato being like very much in the sense of like he's just data or what have you yeah which, which they the- do they do reference a bit in the dub here in like a, in like a weird way when he's like in kind of like a oh, retcon way, yeah. Where they it's another case of them realizing how important a line that they changed was and kind of trying yeah. to retroactively uh, fit it back into place. But it kind of works still because it's like oh, no, it, it, sorry, it's not quite the same. Rather, is what I meant to say because like Takato is is saying that in more of a sense of like oh he's just data, so like therefore you know he could easily be. I guess he's looking at it more from like a sense of like, oh, he's data, ergo he must be way easy to like <laughs> kill or remove or what have you. Like I forget his exact line, but it's it's very much Yeah, and he's like, what if concerned. he gets hurt again? And that's the exact opposite of what he's thinking in the sub, which yeah, is which he's is... just data, it doesn't matter how I treat him. Yeah. It would be Yeah. Oh, I mean I don't know how I feel about that because it's like it just still feels really out of character for Takato to even be considering Gilmon that, that way for a second and I guess um, I, I understand that's the point but like I don't know. no I get what you mean it just it does feel strange for Takata to, to to like essentially not care about Gilmon's well-being like even in this case like Takata was doing a very bad thing and he is like demanding Gilmon like Digivolve to Mega but and I mean, we see it very. He's like right away. He's like, "Oh, what did I do to you? Like, I'm so yeah, sorry." He, like, and he, he has the same instant regret as Ty when Ty made. Uh, yeah. Greymon evolve yeah. into into Metal Greymon. But or, I do or, appreciate. Or Skull Greymon, rather. Yeah, I do appreciate in the dub that he isn't just like, "Oh, you're data, so do I?" To like, he's he's just ordering, but he doesn't treat like. I mean, he treats Gilmon very poorly, but he doesn't just treat him as just data, and I I do appreciate that fact. I think if it was, if anything, the it's just data should be more like directed towards Bialzaman, like, oh, he's just data. Who cares? Let's kill him, type of thing. You know. I think yeah. it, well, it works in they've, the. They've never. Sorry, Scrappy. They've never really treaded on the notion of like you should. You know, it's like oh, they've never really gone into that morality conversation about like wiping out Digimon like the way that Adventure Two did. Like they, yeah. they've more they've gone onto the topic of like maybe like oh, don't you don't need to download their data or what have you, but and you don't need to fight all the time. But I think I think going into that conversation now will probably be 
um, I'm sure if awkward's the right word, but like no, I you get know, you. It's just yeah. it's just more of it feels weird that Takato says that about Gilmon in that moment and not say like Bielzamon, who well, was like just... their, their enemy. He definitely doesn't consider Bialzimon to just be data because he's like he, he wants him dead. He wants him to well, suffer. Well, yeah, yeah. I so, just mean like it, it sense, just yeah. it just feels weird to me that he treats Gilmon in that specific way. I understand why. It's it's just a thing that feels kind of weird to me. Like you said, it feels like yeah. I don't I I don't know if I can say out of character because I'm not the writer, but. No, I mean the writers establish the character through what they write, and you know if if they don't if the if the character takes a left turn somewhere that you weren't expecting, then that's just that's poorly that's a that's a mistake on the writer's part right so mm-hmm. if you and and yes it would be out of character if they've not if they've not established the point enough i think in this case they do a good job because they have the basically it's kind of like cheating almost but they have leomon's death as like a great catalyst and it, and leomon specifically because of his you know he's jerry's partner and so the effect that has on jerry is clearly what a big motivator for takato um so yeah he can kind of yeah. get to that point a lot quicker where he's just acting like Oh well, I want this. I want this dick dead now. Um, and Gilman is his like conduit to do that. So it's more like he's seeing Gilman not even just as like oh he's data or whatever. He's seeing him as like a tool to be used, which is definitely right, not the right. relationship in the slightest. Yeah. It's yeah, what you were saying before about like the master servant sort of dynamic, which is just not. It's not even remotely Takato. Like, and that's what makes it so effective in that moment. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's really, it's really just heartbreaking to see, um, almost as much as seeing Leomon perish, you know. So, um, yeah. So Ruffin, so there's, there's, there's a lot of heartbreak in this episode. A lot of everything's stuff. bad. Everything's bad, and it's not about to get much better. But you know, yeah. It, see, I, I will go to bat for the, the it, he's just data sentiment because I think that's like that is Takato's arc, right? Like he he got yeah, so yeah, excited yeah. about the motion of um you know having his own real life digimon that he goes through this arc of at first he kind of sees gilmon as just like a novelty almost like oh cool my very own digimon i want to show him off and like you know um be friends with him and whatever and then he slowly starts to appreciate him as like a living creature in person but then his conversation with shibumi you know as like a you know an 11 year old boy shakes his faith again and, and shibumi's careless wording and generally kind of like blase attitude towards everything makes him question whether or not like because i think what's important is that in the sub shibumi kind of says that gilman was programmed to like him like to program to be like the way he is so oh, that makes, that makes think, it like, hurt even more yeah so that kind of makes takato think like oh well you know what if everything i know about him is fake like what if he's not actually you know my friend he was just designed to be that way like a you know like a robot puppy or something is designed to say canned lines or whatever yeah and that's what makes him feel more comfortable with just ordering him to to you know destroy himself and and whatever is because he doesn't really understand the implication of how how badly he's hurting a living creature but then he does have that you know immediate moment of um regret yeah it's yeah it, it's it's Shibumi is definitely I'm, I I can't remember exactly how he comes back later and in what form what have you but his his like his his con- the consequences of it, of what he says here is like it's it's a nice reminder that like yes these are children because an adult can say something to them and they 
take it extremely seriously and it can also be misinterpreted the wrong way so he's like a very irresponsible adult in that sense and yeah he's he's like a very like eccentric genius as we see so like for him to be like like you said like very blase about like talking about digimon their creation and whatnot like it makes sense and i and i do definitely appreciate that like takado sees it so much differently because he's had gilmon for months now like uh shibumi never has had that connection with any of the digimon that they made because i mean first of all it's it was in a much different uh situation of course but he didn't have a digimon like with him for months and months like to take care of or anything like Takato has that like very deep personal connection to gilmon yeah see yeah he can't possibly understand it so yeah um i want to kind of pivot a bit um of course i kind of have i have an idea sorry not an idea um I have. So, there's something I wanted to ask, which is like based on the last episode, because I had a sort of a weird thing where like I wasn't I wasn't sure why the sovereigns didn't just kill Lotmon rather than like just digivolve her from Antilamon to Lotmon, but that's kind of I made a note at the end of this episode where it's like, oh, they can, so they they could have killed her, so you know because they talk about that. I mean, they they try to do it next episode. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, that's the thing. In like the, in episode thirty six, it's like, oh wait, they they are just straight up trying to kill. Not one again. It's like, hang on, <laughs> like, what were they actually? What were they hoping to do here? Because like, I'm really confused about like their plan. Uh, why didn't they just kill her in the first place? But whatever. Anyway, it was it was it, it was for the chuckles. Yeah, they just wanted to fuck around, I guess. Um, yeah. On a similar note, how did Graumon get to be Graumon? Before, without it's never explained. <laughs> he just does it off screen. Oh. You know, what? I never Christ. even thought about that. I, you, you caught that good. That's you know, they've made so much of a big deal about like, you know, the whole the whole thing, the whole conflict with the sovereigns is about the power to digivolve and like being able to do it without a tamer or whatever. And then like it just does it without a tamer off screen. He almost yeah, says, "I'm think... good, actually." I think it was a yeah. pragmatic choice when they they realized, okay, we need Gralmon, you know, already as Gralmon so that, you know, he can start the battle without having to take time to, to digivolve. But that's we don't have a way of doing that off screen. <laughs> no, they could have they could have written around that. They could they could have they could have just come up with some other solution like oh, I don't know. I mean they have they, they already skipped one of them because like they obviously have Cubimon already in Cubimon form. Um so like I don't know, they could have just done an, an extra scene. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a minor thing, but and it also would have been kind of cool if we saw like the whole progression from like rookie to champion to ultimate to dark mega or whatever you want to call it. In the same way that like because the scene where like Graumon is just like you see him one second and the next minute he's War Graumon is like very spooky. <laughs> so it kind of would have been cool to see him like grow bigger and bigger. Or like have an extra stage added to that is what I'm trying to say. So, um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a minor thing. But I was very confused. <laughs> so I'm glad that it wasn't just me forgetting something from a previous episode. Yeah, no, that's just a weird like. I'm not sure if you call it a plot hole. It's just kind of a an error, an oopsie. Yeah, it's like a it's definitely an error or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, the yeah so. This episode is yeah. There's a lot going on. Do we do we, do we have more to say about this one? Or no? I think I'm going to save my my thoughts for the next couple. 
Yeah, I think so too. I don't have anything really specific. I, I got to talk about like all the Jerry and Takato stuff I wanted to. Yeah. There's some good, there's some, just, just to close this out then, there's some good, um, something about the faces in this episode is like peak teamers for me. It's like that character design, like it's sort of like sketchiest form, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like it, there's something about it, which is very like raw and, uh, you know, the backdrop here is like really memorable because it is just like the the shiny floor, but, like, the sky is red and everything. Yeah. yeah. The, the the Suzaku gate behind them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that too. It's really yeah. good. Conch-looking thing, so um, it's, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bad energy here. I vividly remember what this scene looked like and, like, I was like, yep, okay, <laughs> shit's gonna get real now. Um, the so, vibes so. are rancid, you might say. <laughs> they are awful. They are gross. They're very Atrocious. bad. Atrocious. Uh, so, do you both mind if I go on to episode 35 and jot that, and yeah. not jot that down, talk that down? Oh, I don't know what talk I'm it saying. Down. <laughs> Break it down. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, episode 35. Give a little bit, or in the sub, the name is Dukemon, Holy Ultimate Evolution. This was written in the dub by Terry Leo Malley. Uh, Scrafty, do you have the sub writer? Yes, it was also written by Chiaki Konaka and directed by Hiroyuki Karudo. Okay, so this episode picks up immediately where I left off. We have Leomon has been murdered. Jerry is losing it. Takado has gone, has become the Joker. We have Megidramon is now no, in you business. Can't, you can't use that phrase to describe these characters going through this stuff. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> I'm I'm vetoing that. Okay, let me let me redo this. Takato okay. is mad Sorry. with rage. He is he is red and mad with rage. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say red, mad, and nude, like that one drill tweet, no. but that's, that's, <laughs> anyways. That's, that's later in the episode. If that, You're yeah. right. He's red okay. and mad. The nude comes later. He's <laughs> anyway. So Magidramon, who is a, the dark digivolution mega form of Gilmon, and he is quickly outmatching Bielzamon. He has him pinned down. He is drooling like acid drool on Bielzamon and like melting part of him. Takata was horrified. He is just absolutely terrified. Everyone is terrified. Jerry is continuing to sort of scream and cry and be like, "What did you do to Gilmon? This like sweet precious dinosaur." It is worth noting that she only says that in the dub, though. Okay, still she's. She's she doesn't have kind of words for Takata this episode. No, she's she's going through it in the sub, so she just doesn't say anything aside from keep saying it's it's fate over and over again. Oh, that that hurts me a lot. And <laughs> we see the the digital hazard on Magidramon's chest sort of start going haywire, and the entire digital world is kind of like breaking down. And we're even seeing back at Hypnos. The digital hazard is all over that, like, rotating screen that Riley and Tally are, like, observing type of thing. And John Yu and Yamaki and them are watching. And the digital world, like, that big platform they're on is just breaking apart because... Essentially, Megidramon is just messing up the very fabric of the digital world just by existing. And so we have Makuramon showing up, like, he pops in out of nowhere and is like, Hey, Beelzebub, you were just a chump all along, like, you weren't strong, you were just the tool that we used. And Beelzebub is, of course, very mad too, and he grabs Makuramon and just crushes him instantly, absorbs his data, and 
as Rapidmon and Talmon try to to move in and try and sort of stop this battle from getting out of control more because you have two very powerful, very dangerous Megas that are going at it. They try to stop Beelzemon, who uses Makuramon's primal orb attack to trap them in spheres and starts like in the process of deleting them to absorb their data. But Rika and Henry use a alias Digimodify card to save them. But the ultimate forms get their data absorbed by Beelzemon. He's like sort of there's some body horror mutation of like Rapidmon's like wing popping out of yeah. his out of Beelzemon's so cool. shoulder. It is so terrifying. Like he is like sort of like he this whole time Beelzemon is like laughing evilly and like I've got to control my power like type of thing. Like we're seeing like Beelzemon like reach a whole new level. And what ends up happening is because of this extra data that he has absorbed, Beelzemon overpowers and shatters Megidramon's digital hazard plate on his chest and knocks him out cold. And Takato, again, is still trying to talk to Jerry. At Hypnos, they see the digital hazard vanish and things are sort of calming down across the digital world and the real world. And Yamaki sort of has his final ultimate face turn. We've seen him have repeated face turns, but this is like his his true moment of being like, okay, like I'm going to do what I can to help you and the monster makers, John Yu, with in terms of getting the kids home and back safe because John Yu's not having a good time either. So in the digital world, Takato goes over to Megidramon and starts apologizing for his actions while Beelzemon is getting, he's taking control of his, his form and his body now that he has fully absorbed the data from Rapidmon, Taomon, and Makuramon. And he goes to to kill Takato and the unconscious Megijimon first. But there's sort of like this like slow motion like thing that goes on. This dream state that Takato experiences of back in the, the first day when Takato made Gilmon. He's sort of like, oh man, like I don't want another Gilmon. I just, I don't know what I would do if I could do this again type of thing. And so what happens is he he hears Gilmon and he goes running on like this light bridge of like this this bridge of red light to Gilmon as all these very poorly CGI'd Gilmons like are screensaver floating in the background. And Takato is running because he doesn't just want Gilmon, he wants his Gilmon. He wants his friend. He doesn't want just like something that's he doesn't care about like the data or anything. He just wants who he has known. And so he saves Gilmon, and Gilmon wakes up, like, in that dream state, and is like, hey, like, don't worry, like, I'll always be your friend. And Takata wishes that he could fight with Gilmon. And Gilmon is like, hey, maybe if you wish for it really hard, like, with the blue card, we can do it. And so Takato has that, like, resolving wish of, like, I wish I could fight with Gilmon. And we see the first ever bio-merge. We have... Takato digivolve along with Gilmon into the mega level Gallantmon. And everyone is shocked as Gallantmon appears, wondering where Takato is. And it ends with a battle about to start between Gallantmon and Beelzemon, with Gallantmon saying, Beelzemon, you rejected every friendship offered you. In return, you betrayed them and destroyed a valiant soul. I cannot forgive what you have done. Beelzemon doesn't care about being forgiven, and we get a fight going, round one fight, and that's where the episode ends. Beelzemon, I cannot sanction this buffoonery. Let's <laughs> <better> die. Um, mm, yeah, I have words about this specific decision. You want guess. you wanted Beelzemon to you, win. 
you want you wanted him to be called Dukemon. No, it's I don't I don't care. <laughs> I actually like Gallimore more than Dukemon. I think Dukemon's a bit of a yeah. silly name to be honest. Yeah. Um, my problem Team is they, they do the same thing that uh, Zero Two did with the um, Jogress forms with the bio merges here, which is they have both voices talking at once. And for Gallimore in particular, oh. that sounds dumb as hell, and I kind of hate it. I'm like, yeah, so it used it... to the Gilmore voice at this point. I don't really care. It doesn't have like the poise and like the stature, I guess, that like something called Gallantmon should. Because in because in in the in the subversion, they're Digimon, so they're speaking with the Digimon's voices, and we get Megumi Ogata, like the voice of you know voice of Goku, Grandma Goku, um, using a very different voice than she uses for Gilmon. Like it's very oh. like regal and noble, and it sounds so cool. Like okay. uh, even as a yeah, Grandma you know, Goku detractor, I thought it was really awesome. Yeah. You know what? It it would have actually been pretty cool if they had Steve Bloom voice Galamon, but like with a different voice. Yeah, that would have yeah. been like was, a fun thing. I was you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say it, that. Like they they had the resources. It might only backfire if he ends up sounding remotely like Yamaki. Because <laughs> I think he's got enough range that that's not a problem. Yeah, sure. Well, he's already doing enough voices in this show. Like Gilmon is a very a very different voice from like anything else he's ever done, as far as I'm aware. But like Yamaki is basically Spike Beagle voice, um, and um, Kenta is like a fairly like just standard kid voice. Yeah. So like I don't know. I, I'm I'm not saying that he only has like three different voices he can do. Of course not. No, but um, I don't know. At some point, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, four. Point... You got to count in Wolverine too. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think the Wolverine is like sort of like somewhere on the Spike Beagle part of the scale, but yeah. Um, my point is, is that I feel the biomerge things are like they are those characters, if you know what I mean. Like the they are the Tamer and the Digimon, like in a it's almost like like a Power Rangers like Megazord type situation. Like they're just in a. A, a, like a vehicle of some sort or what have you but it is a digital i think that's it is how weird. it's like visually presented but that's not how it's supposed to be because like, the, the sub very much implies that they are one in mind body and spirit and the only time that it shows the tamer on the inside is they do a couple of when... those scenes. pardon they do a couple of those scenes in the next episode I believe. oh yeah no yeah. but like the Immediate. it's more of an abstract representation rather than like an actual this is what's happening inside of them type thing Gotcha. Yeah, true, true. I always kind um, of figured that the, the like the Digimon would like the Digimon was kind of like the body, and then like the Tamer was kind of like the mind. Except like not entirely, because obviously the Digimon is the mind as well, and what have you. And you know, obviously, if, obviously, if Gallimon gets destroyed, then Takato's dead as well. <laughs> so, um, but it's like I don't know. It just it just feels right to me, and I to the point where I don't mind the voice. And also, I, I don't know. I think. I think it kind of it kind of kills the character for me. I just don't think that Gilmon's baby voice is appropriate for what should be a moment with a lot no, of gravitas. I see, I see where you're coming from. It is a bit it is a bit funny, um, but I think Gallantmon in particular, I think it works a bit better because Gallantmon is a character in his own right elsewhere, like in Savers, as far as I remember. So he, this is I kind of just view it as like this is Takato and Gilmon, like. More than I view Gallantmon as its own character, as Gall- not is... as not he's not Gallantmon the Royal Knight. He's Gallantmon, uh, parenthesis Takato plus Gilmon. 
Yeah, he is the. That's like the. If you hey, if you want to give Takato and Gilmon's mega form a name, call it Gallimon. But what it actually is, it's just Takato and Gilmon. And likewise yeah. for the other megas that we see later. I think I think it's consistent with the way that like the in the core trio, each Digivolution or whatever has been more of like an expansion on like the base form or what have you, rather than like an entirely different thing. There's nothing here as drastic as like say uh, Palmon to Togemon or something like that. Like, um, there's, yeah, we we just never really see anything that that drastic. Yeah. The color scheme, I, the general form is fairly consistent, so... I don't know. It, this, the, my problems are twofold. One, I think it sounds silly, and two, it actually creates a plot hole in the next couple of episodes, because in the sub, there's multiple times when the characters ask, like, what happened to Takato? Like, where did he go? At one point, yeah. Rika's actually afraid that he fell off the cliff when Beelzebub attacked them. Yeah, that's the next episode, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a bit in the, in, yeah, it's a bit in the next episode, mostly, but, like, I don't know, it just, it really bothers me that they made that change, because it, it, even if it's like, you know, oh, it's symbolic of their bond or whatever, it's still very hard for me to take it seriously, and it, no. it's kind yeah, of, see. yeah, I don't know. See, if it's better, problem. I have the opposite problem with, with um, Mega Gargomon, <laughs> where I think that, like, Terry Ron's voice detracts from this huge, majestic mecha thing. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I mean, I do know. I understand completely why where you're coming from with that, and I do, I do agree that it sounds a bit silly, um, and it's a shame that doesn't it. It kills it for you, um, yeah, because it doesn't kill it for me. But I do, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. So, where do you fall on this? Are you are you first or? I'm pretty. I'm pretty neutral. I'm pretty uh, Switzerland about it. I have like <laughs> no strong opinion either way. I guess. More, like I more, do more, wish. I, I do Susie wish like we could have. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the Susie centrist in terms of Gallimon voices. Like, would I would I like Gallimon to have like a more gallant voice, like a, a more fitting voice? Like, yeah, like should Steve Blum have gotten it? Like, yeah, that would have that would have absolutely ripped. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah but totally. like you know what? Like, I am I'm not particularly bothered because yeah. because again, like it's a it's a, it's different than than Gallimon the Royal Knight. This is Gallimon the the bio merge. So I'm just like ah uh, like. It is kind of like weird to take seriously because it's a it's like a an eleven year old boy and then a baby dinosaur <laughs> like trying to be tough, but I'm I'm pretty Susie centrist about this. My apologies. <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall in the meeting when they got the tapes over from Japan for this episode and they saw the mega like bio merge scene. I want to be the people. I want to be the fly on the wall in that room when they watch that for the first time. I'm like, why the fuck is this child naked? <laughs> Like, I really I, want, I really want to see that. I feel like it's just like an anime thing in general, because like, doesn't like Sailor Moon, like I, I haven't seen a yes. Sailor Moon transformation sequence. I mean, like, no, that's a I, thing that I mean, anime does for transformations. Um, I'm thinking more of like the original Dragon Ball when Goku's dick was out like almost all the time <laughs> in like the first in the, the early episodes, or like in a lot of episodes really, like Bart Simpson in Simpsons movie style. <laughs> It's just, yeah, I guess it's probably not a thing as much anymore for obvious, obvious reasons. And this is clearly a way more like, you know, arty way of doing it, of using that. Guess what? Uh, but, it'll oh. it'll be a lot more uncomfortable next season. Yep. Oh, next season. Next season. Oh, I thought you were referring to like when it happens to Rika. I mean but, that yeah. too, but because <laughs> that's that's more uncomfortable, <laughs> like immediately. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's already uncomfortable, but it's more uncomfortable, yes. yeah. Yes. 
just to be clear, for for you, the listener, listening to this episode, if you somehow haven't seen this, a I'm not sure why you're listening to our podcast, but hey, that's that's great. We appreciate please, you. No, listening. please keep listening yes, to our keep, podcast. Keep, please keep please keep listening. Also, watch the show; it's pretty good. Um, also, <laughs> Takato is not, you know, he's he's kindled. He's not. Yeah. There's nothing going on down there. So yeah, you you know, but that's what makes the Rika part more awkward because obviously, uh, you know, different issue there. So, um, anyway, we'll get to that. That's not this episode. Um, I do think the biomed scene is otherwise very cool, but mm-hmm. but yeah, that choice is that's a choice. I get it, but no. I wish you kept the goggles. <laughs> Like in the bio merge, <laughs> I think that'd be really funny and cool. <laughs> the goggles stay on during bio merge. <laughs> <Goggles. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good scene overall. I just I always have have nitpicks about this, and it's because I'm I'm so critical about the stuff I love. <laughs> like I don't think I would be yeah no this I nitpicky mean, if I didn't no, love this so much. Hey, yeah, that's super about to... why else are we doing this podcast? Yeah, you don't need to justify it. Um. Yeah, I just don't want any don't listeners know. to think that you know I'm just nitpicking or being like a subs elitist <laughs> or whatever. It's like no, I love this dub a lot. I just you know you criticize what you love because you want it to be, to be better. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I like, I like Gallimont's design in general. Uh, yeah, I'm it's not really. I'm, I'm not normally like a spear fan, like in terms a lance of like, fan? a lance. Sorry, a lance. Yes, um, but it kind of works more here. I think I think the shield is a big part of it because like the shield, the shield is, cool is so awesome. Yeah, it, yeah. it really it, gives it like a regal noble uh, look. It's fun to have seen like multiple spots in this series where like they pull out the Wargreymon shield card and use that to then have now a Digimon which is it's a mega and it has a shield. <laughs> like and I, guess, I think it's, okay. it's it's just a neat touch too that the shield still has the digital hazard symbol on it. Yeah. Yes. Because like it, yeah, it's. That's... That's that's part of Gilmon's identity. Like it doesn't matter if yeah. it's not if he's not you know currently destroying the digital world. Like it's he is at the end of the day a virus type. Like that's that's who he is. Yeah, and it's showing that virus types are not like inherently evil. Yeah. Again, yes. which I like. Can I just say though, speaking on that, I really love the um because we've never seen Takato like design Gilmon's mega right. Like that's not something like he ever got around to. Like we saw him. Or any Growlmon. Oh, we saw him yes, work yes. on uh, War Growlmon type of thing of of him being like, oh, like he should have uh, rockets and he should have laser guided missiles. Yeah, that'd be cool. But we never see him work on this. So I love <laughs> how and we talk about like imagination and belief being like a big part. Like we talked about that last episode a bunch. I like how it's very much a case of Takato's imagination powers both like the greatest monstrosity the digital world has ever seen in Megidramon. <laughs> When he's like going, when he's like just mad with rage, right? Like he is just, he is just like going, going dark side it. with things. He's going through it. He is, he is, he is posting through it and he creates like the most horrendous monstrosity known to the digital world. And then you have on the other end of things as he's, as he's, uh, you know, turned himself around, he is, he has repaired his bond with Gilmon and he creates like this like gallant shining knight. Like I, I love that dichotomy and like how. Takato's like just sheer imagination, like of of in terms of like creating Gilmon, sort of leads to those two very opposite uh, identities of Gilmon's mega form. Yeah, the noble hero. I mean, it's not even like so much his imagination as it is like the fact that because it now incorporates Takato, it's like it has to represent him and who he is, yeah. and so on. And this is the part. This is the journey. This is the end of his like journey in terms of like 
becoming the person he's meant to be is is becoming the he has fully completed the the hero's journey or whatever i don't, I don't actually know the hero's journey so like i can't say if it's actually following that correctly or not but um it's you know it, it's definitely that sort of thing where yeah yeah takato has now realized what kind of person he wants to be to like protect the people he he loves so it's really it's it's really cool and it makes total sense and it's a nice and with the biomerge as well it's a nice way of like having the doing the thing where the dinosaur digimon turns into like a cool dude <laughs> like it makes a lot more sense when you consider that the dinosaur merged with the human <laughs> and like yeah. yeah okay so it's a cool design um yeah it's a bit of a departure from war yeah. but i do I mean, like you, a, you, yeah. he still has like a gilmon crest on his forehead yeah, yeah he has the like gilmon hat <laughs> he's wearing the Kielman hat. Yeah, exactly. He's a big fan. Big fan of Kielman. <laughs> For some reason. Um oh also, I've gotta say, that whole sequence with like the Takato in like the dream or whatever it's supposed to be, like the whole sequence was cool as hell. Like yeah. That, yeah. That, you, I just so, I couldn't help so, but laugh at the CGI Gielmons floating in the background. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was just hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> the Windows 98 uh, yeah. screensaver. <laughs> Bonds You're was, waiting yeah. for one to like bounce perfectly <laughs> in the corner, but it never happens. I really liked it. I, I thought that I thought they were quite fun. Like the CG models and that, um, more so than like you know stuff like the god awful Rapidmon um, evolution scene, which we saw last episode again. By the way, I think it's the I think it's only the second time we've seen it, but it yeah it showed up last episode and it still looks like trash. So you know <laughs> shame but i think we won't be seeing much more of it uh but yeah in this scene it was really cool and i liked hey we got agumon in this episode yeah it's still logumon fe- toy it still feels really really weird to see agumon in this series <laughs> like in any capacity but that's kind of cool yeah there's there's a really good line in the sub where um he says um during that sequence, he says, I always wanted to play with a real Digimon, not just like a toy, not just like a virtual pet, but a real live one. So when I met you, I thought it was magic. But then he, he, he a little bit later, he goes, but I was wrong. It wasn't magic at all. It's just, you know, reality. This, this is something that really happened, and I have to take responsibility for it. Yeah, there's a lot of really good lines, and I like I painstakingly went over like all the lines, and there's just so many that like I can't feasibly go over all of like the stuff that I love. Yeah. And I like the notion that, like, he's getting a second chance to, like, remake Gilmon. Uh, or, or, like, remake a Mega. Or do, it's what you said, Sloane. It's like, where you're on about, like, how he doesn't, um, he doesn't, he, he never, he never created the Mega. And this is his opportunity yeah, so, to do just that, but he yeah, rejects the it. Yeah, the Mega, at least as I, maybe I'm looking into this too deep, but I, I like I like to see, like, Mickey Dramont as, like, taking, like, those awful thoughts for Magidramon and taking like this like pure like pure hearted kindness and like second chance into Gallantmon. Like yeah, like it's it's a really cool sort of twist of seeing Magidramon in that in the first part of the episode and then moving towards towards Gallantmon. Yeah. But also like it's it's interesting because it's like I feel like Takato here is like meant to be like scared of creating a mega for Gilmon because, you know, because of what just happened was so terrible. Yeah. It's like, or oh, would I do something like that again? And it's like, he doesn't actually care about like making a mega or whatever at this moment. He only cares about having his buddy back. 
which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And like the yeah. whole sequence yeah. where it's like, well, the real kill wants to please stand up. It's like him, him running down the rainbow bridge or whatever towards us. It was like really, it's... yeah, really, really cool scene. There's some there's some interesting shots in there as well, I'll, especially like the one shot where it's like got the, like, the kind of fisheye lens thing going on, which I, I thought that, that, that was, was really... very that was very lame. Yes, yes, that's the kind of thing it reminded me of. Absolutely. Um, I so. I gotta say real quick, I I love that running down that bridge thing. It remind because it reminded me instantly of the epi- of episode seven, like super early on, where the three of them go into like that digital field to rescue Gilmon. Like it mm-hmm. felt like just like it instantly brought me back to yeah. that. And I'm like, wow, like I don't know if that's intentional or what, but I really just dig that of like now Takata was going back again on his own doing this to rescue his pal. Yeah, like that's the the line I mentioned before about him thinking that Gilmon's appearance was like magic is actually outright referencing um that episode where he, oh, he did okay. say like the, the, this is this is magic like I can't believe this. Okay, it's a neat touch. Neat I'm really yeah. glad that I'm just not like overthinking and like trying to galaxy brain this, and then it's actually like no like stupid like he's just running <laughs> on a bridge. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff in this in this show which is clearly meant to be open for interpretation. So I won't worry too much about that, Sloane. Um, just just go with it. <laughs> I just yeah, don't see, want to be cringe on the internet. I would not well, honestly. I would say that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was cruel. That was cruel. <laughs> hey, I've I've accepted my cringe. Don't worry. No, I mean we 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 are all we are all uh con- contributing to cringe. So we are cringe, but we are free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. There you go. Anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, what were you saying? Sorry, Crafty. Was it, was oh it, was yeah, it, no, was... I just I like this episode. It's good. <laughs> it's oh. good episode. <laughs> it's okay. I like how it's so introspective for the most part. Like half of it is like you know. Hardcore Magidramon body horror hour, and then the other half is yeah. this really sweet, powerful, introspective journey into the mind that ends with profound understanding, giving birth to a new power. Yeah, oh, Sloane, there was a bit that you didn't, and I don't think you mentioned it in the recap. But um, can we talk about the scene with Janu trying to like sneak out the house? And, like, oh yeah, his, I forgot about he, that. His, his this is the wife. first time we ever we ever see like the rest of his family or hear Henry's mom speak. Episode? That, no, that's this episode. Of, oh, is it this episode? I totally yeah, forgot I, that. I, I completely I forgot about one. that. That's my bad. Yeah, because like, at the end of the last episode where Leomon dies and that, like that the, um, he's like, you can see John you at the very end as, uh, when Megidramon appears. And then in this episode, it is very much him going to him going to Hypnos. Um, yeah, there is. But yeah. It's essentially, um, it starts off with uh, Henry and Susie's mom think, assuming that Susie is in Hong Kong with uh, John Yu's father. And um, that's not what's the case. And then John Yu's like, oh, gotta go, bye. And she's like, no, John Yu, like, please tell me tell me something. Like, I dreamt Susie was with Henry in that awful place. And he's like, I can't tell you. And you see, like, the, uh, Henry and Susie's, like, older brother and sister, like, looking through, like, a crack in the door as John yeah. Yu is basically cartwheeling out of there as fast as he can. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am, I am aghast that um, he would that she doesn't his... divorce him after that. Well, yes, there's that, but also like <laughs> he he told his wife, "Oh, your youngest daughter, who's six years old, is going to Hong Kong." And yeah, I shipped her. her I shipped her out last minute by herself. Yeah, like, what the, the, I, I made sure to put some newspapers in the crate. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just oh, he's such a bad. He's a bad, bad man. Like he 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 does not deserve the big family he has. Um, 
But but yeah, it's just he's I'm kind of a he's... mess, and glad... that's why I love him though. I'm glad that I his love wife him because isn't... he's like miserable of a mess. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of yeah, but I'm glad that his wife isn't just made out to be a complete fucking idiot. Like they could yeah. have easily had a scene where like they played it almost for laughs or whatever. But I'm glad that they didn't because a none of this episode or none of these episodes should be played for laughs and be uh, or should have any moments like that. This is not comedy hour. This is this this is the this is serious business time. <laughs> and like it would be just really insulting to like a show which has been really good otherwise about like portraying the parents, including the mothers, in like a fairly reasonably like decent light. Even if I you know unless I, you're I do... unless you're Rumiko. Yeah, she's I was gonna say like she's maybe the least She's the token irresponsible by... mom. <laughs> She's the daft blonde like character. That's literally what they're what they're doing with her. She, she's bimbo representation. <laughs> yeah, she she is. Yeah, like it's a shame, but that's what it is. Um, so but there's no need for like more of the mums in the show to be like hard done by. So I'm glad that she is like able to just say to John, "You okay?" Oh, her line is it's like really, it's like nicely written as well. It's like I've been married long enough to you, to you to know when you're lying to me, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's some realistic dialogue <laughs> rather than just like. Where's my baby? You know, just like hysterics it's, it's or whatever. It's really good. Yeah, like she is surprisingly so, composed, but also <laughs> like bre- clearly breaking as she's realizing because she had yeah. the dream where Susie is with Henry in the digital world. She's clearly panicking as like sort of the 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 dots are being connected, and then this is also like punctuated by the fact that Susie is in hysterics like this entire episode. Henry is freaking out, type of thing. It's yeah. Oh man, the poor wo- like they're going through family therapy at the end of this. Like they they need it. <laughs> yeah. Like you know how we talked about like I I we want the Susie like in college to come. I want to see like the after effects of like for the Wong family like how much of a mess that is for all of them. John Yu just... John Yu goes to see P- Picklemon in the digital world to get out of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 it. It's okay. Perfect. It's a Rick, Rick, Rick and Molly joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you should be. Yeah, thank you. No, it's okay. You've increased our audience tenfold. Hey, there we go. Excellent. Making Rick All and Morty the... references is the easiest way to uh, <laughs> to market yourself. There we go. This is, we just need to get uh, we need to get uh, Steve Bloom or Tom Farn or someone to say that. And God. The, the golden. Yeah. Every we single time a... someone says that, we, we get ten more viewers. Because <laughs> someone, someone reposted on the Rick and Morty uh, Reddit. Also, I'm like melting every, out of every, my chair right now. Every single time I say that, my soul dies a little bit. So, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, where were we? Um, oh, yeah. What the hell's up with the ghostly McEdron tale? I don't know. That's just something that he does and never does again. It's, but it, It's really it's hyped, though. You gotta admit. It, it but, kind wait, of... What? It like it visually it uses the same visual language as when Beelzemon uses the power of one of the Digimon he's absorbed. So like kind of? I, yeah. I think it, it's meant to say like, oh, he's overcome that, but he still has the data inside of him. But yeah, it's something he never ever does again. So It's it's cool yeah. though. That's all that matters. Also slow yeah, you were talking about that whole like slow mo sequence with Beelzemon as after he's like shooting them and that whole sequence and then during that moment that like the whole sequence with um, Takato figuring out his mega and so on, like in the dream world, all that happens. Um, can't believe you just didn't call that bullet time. <laughs> didn't we use that joke before? No, I don't think so. Maybe not. That's my bad then. 
maybe. Oh, we might have done actually, because I think there's I think the Chrysalamon sequence is very similar. Uh, but there you go. There's an episode title there if you want it. There we go. <laughs> if you don't come up with something better. Um, Tom, so how how did you feel seeing uh, Makuramon's final fate? Oh fuck yes, that was sick. Um, <laughs> I was really it reminds fun. me of it reminded me of in, in movies when someone's threatening someone with a gun and they hold the gun so close that the person can disarm them. <laughs> it's like kind of yeah. If, if you want to taunt the the super powerful mega that your godlike boss created for the express purpose of wiping out the people that you couldn't wipe out Makuramon, maybe don't stand right next to him. No, it's that's totally scene, a perfect it's... idea. I'm, I'm just thinking of the scene with um, there's like a film, wait, I'm going to post it in the chat if you can find it, but there's a scene from a film that has like both uh, Dave Bautista's in it and also Ja Rule is in it. <laughs> um, and, okay, I'll need, I'll need to find it, but basically Ja Rule is like up in um, he's like all up in uh, Dave Bautista's face, chatting shit, and Dave Bautista just pulls out a gun and then shoots him point blank in the forehead. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, don't get up and don't get that close to someone's face if they can just kill you instantly. <laughs> so it's pretty much the same thing that happens here. Um, but yeah, like, see, have, you, have either of you seen the movie *Malignant*, the, the recent James Wan horror movie? No, not yet. No. I'm okay, a, yeah. There's, I'm, we've there's been a, over this. I'm a coward. I'm a coward <laughs> there's a the point podcast. in that that this reminded me of where um, there is a dangerous person in a prison cell, and a cop sticks his gun through the bars to shoot it. Why would? <laughs> one so one you two. can you can imagine what happens. So that Makuramon taunting him point blank by sticking his face in his face just reminded me of that. It's like there, there is a safe distance from which you can taunt, and you chose the the only one that's wrong, the only distance that's that's, that's incorrect. Yeah, it's not hard to get that. But right. also, like his his arms gets like really like long and like creepy and lanky out of nowhere as he just like reaches out and just grabs him like Makuramon, even though Makuramon is like five feet away or something. It's just like Zoop, I've grabbed your head. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, I should talk about something cool um, that uh, related to Gallantmon and the and the the sub as well. Um, the pronoun that that Gallantmon uses for himself is uh, Kono Dukmon, which is like whenever he he says that he's basically saying like I Dukmon am going to defeat you or I Dukmon or whatever. Like it's a very very like regal noble way of of saying it, and most anime fans probably know it because that's how Dio and JoJo talks. <laughs> That, that's the plan oh. that he uses for himself. Whoa, is that a freaking JoJo's reference? <laughs> it it sure is. Yeah, so that's 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 a good one. I like I like that one. Of course you got pronouns, stupid. They come free with your freaking bio merge form. <laughs> okay. Um I'm just checking my notes to see if there's anything else that we should cover. Um Yeah, really good cliffhanger in this episode. Um I've gotta say. Um the whole mutation thing with Beelzemon, I completely forgot about. Like, yeah, I'd... same, and it's awesome. That whips completely. Yeah, they're like growing out of him, and like, I guess it makes sense that it would happen now with like the way that the way that um he's mutated, and you know the the amount of power that he's absorbed at this point, and so on, and like the the the, the Digimon that he's absorbed, their their particular powers is really interesting, but like. There's some concepts like the concept of of the Digimon like forms trying to like grow out of him is one thing. Him like being able to use the powers of the Digimon he's absorbed, like his Mega Man or something, is that's kind of new, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's not been seen before, so. I wish I wish you did a spider shooter and like did like the funny face. <laughs> that would be good. Yes. Spider shooter. I uh, I will been, say, uh I I wanna shine a light on this one uh Bielzamon line quick, where like when he's like just coming up to them like ready to just kill them and like Susie's just screaming. He says, "Oh, you're so cute. You're so afraid of me. You're about to wet your pants." I can t- I can't tell you how gratifying it is. It brings a little tear to my eye. He's just yucking it up, and I absolutely like love how vile he is. Yeah, he's a he's a nasty rude boy. That's for sure. Yeah, he's just straight up bullying these like ten year olds, and it is so you can tell how gratifying it is for him. And Derek Stephen Prince is just chewing the scenery as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's having a lot of fun. Yeah, in in this whole thing, really good episode. Really good episode. John, you, uh, sorry, um, Bigujumon is terrifying. The acid jewel is a nice touch. I like that he. I love that. Him, I honestly, I honestly didn't remember him being beaten. I thought he just like caused so much havoc that like Bielterman had to like get the hell out of there, um, and then like he would just calm down or something, or like Takata would win him over. But I didn't realize he just straight up defeated Bigujumon. <laughs> like, but that was a that's a that's a great way of showing like how ridiculously strong Bielzimon has got at this point, even after, like, he killed Leomon and you know, <laughs> whipped the ass of uh, Cubimon and Rapidmon. So, yeah, that was, that was that was some cool detail. Yeah, he just absorbed the data of, like, four relatively powerful Digimon and he just, just uses that to just straight up just, like, uppercut Megidramon in the chin and take him down instantly. It's very It's very yeah. cool. Because you Absolutely. see the strength of McGeedramon, and then Bielzamon's like, well, actually, and then just takes him down, no issue. What would McGeedramon actually have done to the digital world? Because, like, they, you know, they, they Destroyed do the whole thing it. like, go, going into meltdown or whatever, but, like, yeah, but, like, how exactly? Like, why Why does he, what is he doing? Is he, like, tearing it apart or something? Because they don't really seem to go into any sort of, any detail whatsoever in terms of why, why that's they, happening. They... The only thing they, they really show is they cut to the, the desert that they're always going through and like it's like like pillars of like rock and stone are like raising and like falling and stuff. So it's like it's just disrupting the digital world because of how much data there is, I guess, and like how like it's basically a virus, I guess. Yeah. I also do find it a bit strange that like he they can pull out data on him. Like, yeah. I get that. Oh, this digital that does name. not exist. Yeah, exactly right. Because they they couldn't do it for the Davers, so having that like thing there. But I kind of understand why they do it because it's like an important Digimon, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you gotta I give it really a name. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Yeah. How are you gonna sell yeah. merch of that Digimon if he ain't got no name? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Although I'd be surprised if there were any Mikujimon merch, to be honest. <laughs> given that like Gallopmon is right there. Um. Uh. Did anyone ever get him in Cyber Sleuth? Megidramon? Probably. Yeah. Oh, Megidramon? Yeah, I got him, I think. I don't think I ever got him. I think I, I definitely got Beelzemon a couple times. Yeah, but I, same. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever dipped into the Megidramon pool. Tom, I actually have some news for you. There is a tiny little plastic figure of Megidramon. Just a little tiny, <laughs> little tiny plastic boy. That doesn't look official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like a bootleg. <laughs> well, yeah. even so if it, it is, like, there's like someone a fan made, which you know, like good effort. 
Well, oh, that actually reminds me. There was there was something that I found really hilarious in the dub where there's a part where Megadron's moving towards Beelzemon and they put the sound of like thundering footsteps in. It's like you know that he's like a snake, right? Like he's not going to be making footfall. <laughs> yeah, I like how he did. It's, it it reminds me of like uh, Metal Siegemon like slide whistling across like a forest. He's just like you just need like putting like slide whistling across to to attack Beelzemon. Because he's not really moving, he's just sort of like gliding along the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's sort of hovering. Um, but oh, I've got to say though that um, that um, oh, what do I call it? The noises that he makes, like his growls, being like the sort of Gilmon growls, but like made way more terrifying. Was like was a good choice. I'm glad he doesn't ever yeah. speak. But like, yeah, it's. I think that's a, I think that's a decent decision. I did like. Yeah. Yeah, I I admire the restraint, considering how often they, you know, make other nonverbal Digimon verbal in the dub. Yeah, well, I mean, they also made sure not to do that in uh, Adventure for Skull Greymon's appearance. Doesn't he still call his attacks though? Like, I swear. No, to he, he he does in zero two. Okay, he doesn't he does in Adventure. His appearance in zero two is incredibly weak compared to compared uh, Adventure. If I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Like, except for the nuke he sets off. That was kind of a cool... <laughs> that was kind of a cool thing, but... And uh, Megidramon basically does this, too. Like, he... Or, no, I'm thinking of Gallantmon in the next episode. But, yeah, there's basically nukes being set off and, like, just blasts of energy just, like, leveling everything. Yeah, that was... That was a... God, that was a hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I think, I I think maybe... we're ready... Yeah, we, yeah, it might be time to get going on for this last episode, then. Yeah, totally. Scrafty, would you like to take this away for us? Yes, for sure. So episode 36, uh, in English it's called The Battle Within. In the original title, it was a Decisive Battle Dukemon versus Beelzebuman. It was written by our boy Steve Bloom in English, written by Atsushi Maikawa in Japanese, and directed by Takahiro Imamura. So it's got, it's got some good talent behind it. So this episode is interesting because it's half extremely exciting and intense battle and half clip show in a in a weird sense. So to kick things off, you know, we pick up right where things left off last time. Gallantmon and Beelzebub are, are engaging. They're, you know, fairly evenly matched at the start. But then Beelzebub calls it his striker, the behemoth bike, and starts doing crazy sick drive-bys to kind of get one over on Gallantmon. The rest of the crew is confused. They're like, who is this, you know, new, new Mega Digimon? Where's, where's Takato? And while they're doing that, fortunately, Gallimon manages to destroy the behemoth, and his blow is so powerful that it actually kind of, like, shakes the entire world. And the Sovereign, who at this point is still unnamed, feels this and goes, hey, now would be a good time to kill that traitor. So he sends Keturamon, the dog Deva, to go kill Lotmon, and he surprisingly almost succeeds. Terrymon actually has to take one for the team in order to stop Lotmon from getting deleted, but then Gallimon just effortlessly destroys him, which kind of backfires on him because Beelzebub then absorbs his data and becomes even more powerful, which makes the fight even more difficult for him. In the midst of all this, Henry is trying to convince Susie to get away from Lotmon because Lotmon's a deva, and they have, as we have just seen like seconds ago, being just being near her it puts all of them in danger. So while Gallimon's kind of on his on his back foot here, he gets more assists from Garjamon and Renamon. And that manages to get Beelzebub off Gallimon's back long enough for him to rally. And when Gallimon manages to save them from an attack from Beelzebub, 
this is when Kento comes to the realization that Takato is, is part of Gallantmon. As in the sub, this is the first time Takato's own voice has come out of him instead of just like the badass Megumi Ogato one. And we finally get to the climax of the fight where Gallantmon busts out his shield of the just attack and does a big ol' finishing blow that knocks Beelzebub to his knees and ends the fight. He's just about to skewer him with his big old lance when Jerry stops him and cries over how there's already been so much death already and killing him is not going to bring Leomon back. So Beelzebub is confused, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to let this opportunity get away. So he kind of slinks back into the shadows and it finally ends with Takato and Gilmon separating and Takato's got a really cool new ornate golden digivice, which is, uh, you know, to replace his old broken one. And thus starts the trend of the super protagonist and the super protagonist getting the cool digivice over everyone else. It's true. We had to take one for the team on this account. <laughs> also at the end, we see an old friend in Ryo Akiyama. He's, he's somewhere. Yeah. He appeared, um, he appeared uh, in episode 34, I believe, as well. Like, he was kind of just in the background. There's, like, a scene where they cut to him and he's like, oh, this seems bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It might have been last time. It might have been 35, actually. I can't remember. But One of them. Yeah. He's just like, he, oh, that's not good. I hope those it, kids are okay. He's very much a reminder of, um, you know, remember Rio? Reminder that he exists. You guys like Rio, right? <laughs> And well, it's like, yeah, he's okay. he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Do. I, mean, I can't believe Beelzemon has, like, a one-frame teleport that he can attack out of. He has, like, command <laughs> grabs. He has pr- really good projectiles. His, his super game's on point. It's really good. He has, I mean, yeah, he, he has the, the motorcycle super from Marvel 3. Like, <laughs> he's 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 very overtuned. Yeah. This, this Most of this episode is just that fight, which... I think it's cool that like, they just have a like a like a the episode is mostly the fight, but like it's not like um, it's not like a thing where they're only trading blows back and forth or whatever, like a DBZ style fight. Now, there is some like actual, you know, what's the phrase? I'm not, I don't think choreography is the phrase, but I can't think of. I know I think I can't fight think choreography is is the right phrase for this. Yeah, yeah, that's like it's a, like a it's to far it. it's more. Like... It's probably the far. It's the it's the far and away the most involved fight we've seen, like just short of like something in our war game, really. Like all the fights have been pretty quick up until now, but like we have uh Gallopmon and Bielsmon like trading blows, like they're fighting back and back, like they're jumping around. You have like really cool attacks from them, you have like Bielsamon like appearing and disappearing because of his speed with Behemoth. It's it's very cool, it's very bombastic, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a very fun um, spectacle to observe. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very good. It's very good. And I like um, there's a surprising amount of like Kazu story in this episode as well. I thought, like you have Kenta yeah. like being the one who hears, um, who realizes it's Takato in there. But you have Kazu as well with like Gardramon being like a backup, <laughs> like an assist. Um, you know, there's a, there's a moment where it looks like. Calamon's actually kind of screwed. Um, I need backup. Yeah. And then he calls the assist, yeah. 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 I mean, he does basically do the charging star, to an extent. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. like, he just... Yeah. Half of his moves are just charging star, and I I would main Gilmon, <laughs> Galmon in our fictional Drag- Digimon fighter. 
I think I'm. I think MVC one or two or both. I guess uh, came out around the same time. So yeah, totally. That's where they they stole it from. There you go. <laughs> we've we've cracked the code. You heard it here <laughs> first. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, this. I mean, as a result of most of the episode being this fight, I didn't take a lot of notes <laughs> on this one. I don't know about either of you two, but this one was I... very. I yeah, did. Straightforward. There's a lot of moments I like, like surprisingly with Kazu and with uh, Henry and Susie. Like I like the moment when Susie like is like pulling out her device and is like, "No, see, like I am a tamer. Like you can't tell me to not be with Watmon type of thing." And Henry's like, "This is so crazy. I can't believe I'm even having this conversation. She shouldn't even be here." And I feel bad for him. Like he's he's distressed. Yeah. Like, because that's his little sister, like, there, like, about having almost been shot multiple times by Bialzamon. Like, it's it's a very stressful moment. Like, she almost, like, falls down into, like, nothingness as, like, the, the platform is breaking. Yeah, he is very much, like... And I like that she's awkward to deal with, because it's very, like... Yeah. It feels realistic, you know. Yeah, it's so a, she's a five... Like, she's, like, a six-year-old kid, like, screaming and crying because... Yeah. Digimon with guns is like rolling up on them. Yeah, and and just generally, you know, she isn't getting her own way. <laughs> so, um, that's that's a thing, you know. I hate to say what you want about the voice. I think we've said it to death already, but um, you know, it's uh, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Um, in, in in terms of her being a character, it's I think it's spot on. So. Yeah, no, I honestly, I, I, this may be sacrilegious to pe- subs only people, but I, I actually kind of prefer Michelle Ruff's voice for Lotmon to, um, the Japanese voice actor of Terriermon. It sounds like Michelle Ruff does a really good job of making it sound like a balance of like cute, but also like wise. Like there's some yeah. authority behind it. Like she knows what she's talking about, yeah, but she's still like very adorable. Um, Kerimon. Oh, sorry, not Kerimon. Uh, what's the dog called? Chatsuramon. Katsuramon. Yeah. Okay. Gets pretty much owned. <laughs> I like that a lot of these a lot of these like late stage Davis are just getting are just absolute chumps, which I kind of find is fun because we're not really in that arc anymore or whatever. So I'm glad that they're just like not worrying too much about them being like threats in like the physical sense. <laughs> like they're just there as like an obstacle which is like almost immediately overcome. Well, in the case of like Makuramon, is dealt with by Bialzimon with like zero force, <laughs> um, in like a really yeah. Funny way. Yeah, in and, this case, and yeah. and Gallimon even just like takes him down, no issue too. There's a very cool shot of like because Katsuramon like caused like all the fire and stuff to go up as the platform's breaking. You see like Gallimon like walk through and he switches his cloak on and the fire like disappears. That yeah, that was such a cool shot. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some cool there's some cool imagery in this. Um, yeah, absolutely. But and also there's like the moment where like he when they then when they defeat Hetzeromon and they have to like collect his data. No, they don't have to collect his data, sorry, but they do collect his data. Uh, oh, Bialzimon. Yeah. Bialzimon does. Bialzimon specifically Bialzimon does that. Gives him a good yeah. munch. Does the kill steal? Um, I wish Fialzamon turned into a big hammer to like hit Gallatmon by using it's, it's, his powers. There is something very poetic about Ketsuramon being the one who told Imbon that like not absorbing data is considered an insult, and then he himself gets gets chomped in the most yeah. And not only way. that, but he he's the one that like drops Imbon into the pit of fire, yeah. and transforms him, 
and then he is also he is undone by Bielzamon, who is basically his minion or meant to be. Yeah. Also, Hatsiramon is just the 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 bonk, no horny dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big dog. He has a hammer. He bonks people with it. It's it's. He, clearly... he doesn't have a hammer. He is the hammer. Oh, does he actually turn into the hammer? I yeah. must have missed that. I, I thought it's he very just like, cool. threw it. That's, that's why I want Beelzebub to turn into a hammer and hit um, Gallimon with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is some stuff here with that where it's like, are they going to call back to it later? But I guess I guess the thing is, is like these episodes just establishing how goddamn strong Beelzebub is. It's so good. Jerry, so Jerry, Jerry's the one to call off the fight at the end here. Mm-hmm. How does that scene stack up in the subbed version? I was just about to ask. Um, so yeah. it's, I will say, in, throughout this entire episode, she is much more listless in the sub versus the dub. Like she did, barely says anything and just keeps repeating its fate like over and over again while looking at her her dead device. Um, so she doesn't have the line where she says, you know, I I hate you and it's your fault that you're gone or whatever. She all she says, like she just hyper focuses on on Leoman. She just says it doesn't matter if you kill him; it's not going to bring him back. And then she specifically has an, a line that isn't in the um, the sub, where she says like, or that isn't the dub rather, where she says, um, "I just, I don't ever want to feel this sadness ever again, and I don't want anyone else to have to feel it either." Yeah, it's Narrator's a really voice. She it's would. So, it's so potent, like in terms of like how it portrays just how broken and bed up and everything that that she is um just to have her say yeah it doesn't matter because it won't bring him back or what have you yeah and it's not like it doesn't come across as like this is her being like pure of heart or whatever it just comes across as like she's just fed up of it all yeah i mean she even just starts off by saying like i hate you yeah like i i i absolutely do love it because you like you said she's not pure of heart like she is obviously a, like a broken child at this point and who has lost her partner like it makes sense that she would have that reaction i mean i'm sure me as a 28 year old i would have that reaction if Beelzebub <laughs> killed my cool yeah. my cool digimon pal yes. i would i i i, I would I not be as you, level-headed yeah, as this 11 year old either <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's like a nice contrast as well to like well uh, nice is maybe not the right way but is it there's a cool contrast there between like how gallant mom was like we can I, I we will never forgive you for your for your crimes or you cannot yeah. be forgiven for your crimes or what have you and then uh, jerry says kind of something similar in the sense that like i hate you for what you did but it, killing you won't change anything or what have you it's like yeah you're not being forgiven but yeah whereas like gallant mom is like the one to like gallant is literally the white knight to like slay the slay the villain or what have you and jerry has zero time for any of that shit like she's she's yeah. just, just beyond any sort of sense of justice or whatever you know having any sort of impact on her in how she feels so it's it's so sad it's yeah so and sad. i love how biel's one like he's expecting to like be killed he's like why ain't you why ain't you killing me now i destroyed your partner and she she just doesn't care like, that's how broken she is. Like, she's just... Beelzebub is basically like, hey, destroy me because I killed your partner. Like, he's like, that's basically what's right. Like, you beat me. And she's just like, you know what? Don't care. Yeah, he doesn't get it. Like, which... It, but it's funny because he, he still doesn't really understand by the end of it anyway. Because it's like, you know... 
he's he's starting to understand that like this hasn't changed much about how he actually feels about himself and so on. Yeah. So it's a nice catalyst for him to like realize more stuff about himself. He doesn't he doesn't really understand remotely what Jerry's going through though, <laughs> which makes sense because I don't think anyone does at the moment. Like he, it's going to be something they realize <laughs> very soon. Yeah. His so. his last line is I am nothing now. And like, that's before he like walks off and like fades out of scene. And that's after he talks about like in that like clip show of like how he had to have power and he, he didn't care about humans because humans didn't care about anything but themselves. And he wanted to be able to digivolve on his own. And like, they're showing like the, the evolution of like what he's been through throughout the series. And I just think that is like, so it's him hitting rock bottom. Like again, like Imman already hit rock bottom. Bielzaman's hitting rock bottom. Uh, and it's not even like he's sorry for what he did, but he's just sort of like, he's just like lost and he's just like, okay, like, well, I'm a chump. I am a chump after all type of thing. Yeah. And it's and the, the, the morality lesson there is, is like clearly like, if you have to, if you have to, t- to get what you want, if you have to take something from someone else, then clearly, you, then, you know, you're not going to, it's not going to, you're not really going to get what you want. Like that's not, yeah. it's not going to really work out for you, which is a nice like lesson. Which isn't like necessarily as commonly tread ground and so on, even if it's a fairly, even if it seems like a fairly obvious lesson, like life lesson, morality lesson. So mm-hmm. um, I like that. I like it. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, it ends on a real <laughs> ends on a real down of a note, but well, Takato does get his digivice back, so there is that. Um, you know, he gets a new one that like magic's out of nowhere, and it's kind and of fun that now. Depower. It's it yeah. looks really nice. And now that we know the Digignomes are a thing, I feel like when I whenever I say it's magicked out of nowhere or something to that effect, it's like you can sort of just say, "Oh, it's the Digignomes that did it." Yeah, <laughs> like, you saw them at the beginning of this episode, and yeah, a Digignome did it. Yeah, it's kind of like it, it, sorry, you saw the Digignomes back at the beginning of the first episode that we covered today, and it's kind of almost like they're mocking him in retrospect, um, like because they know that like. It feels like they know what's going to happen, and they know what they're about to go through. I don't know if either of you got that feeling, but there's just something kind of sinister to their presence. I feel like it's <laughs> like um, an albatross on a sea voyage. Yeah, or like you know that one episode of The Simpsons where like they stranded at sea and the dolphins just come to laugh at them. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> See, I thought it was funny because they were like, oh, like maybe we should follow uh, the digi- the Digi-Gnomes because they know what they're doing, yeah. right? But the Digi-Gnomes are like flying towards Yu Chaomon's like, domain and I'm like, why would you follow them, you absolute idiots? <laughs> also, they're just not like, they're not really, yeah, they are, they are like forces of nature, <laughs> like to, to the to empty degree, like they are not reliable, they're not your friends, <laughs> like they are just there to hang out and you know, it's like trying to follow birds or whatever. <laughs> you know, it yeah, they're, just, they're just kind of go. They're just chilling, really. They're just doing whatever. They're vibing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So that they they have a they have a kind of a sinister strategy. Can I ask about this episode? Because uh, obviously, you know, this is sort of like the beginning of the end for Jerry, as it were. <laughs> you know, um, stuff's going to get really sad and real with her very very quickly now. But like. Do we have a hint yet at the true no enemy? Enemy. I was paying. Show. I was paying very careful attention, and there, there. It isn't yet. I'm pretty sure it happens after our encounter with the sovereign coming up. That's really interesting because it feels like 
I mean, I mean, the the, the phone learning me or whatever makes such like a big impression on like what I remember of this show because it was just so striking for what it is. Um, so yeah, there there have been a few um, hints in the sub about like some they keep referring to this thing called the true enemy, but like it, it's like yeah. they're just very offhanded references. Nothing's like concrete or spelled out yet. Interesting. That makes sense, but like because. I, I, I keep thinking we're like really close to the end of the show, but like in reality, you know, we have about fourteen or so more episodes to go, and yeah, there's still, there's still plenty of time for a lot of stuff to happen. Um, yeah, it just these episodes were so much of why people remember and love this show. Um, <laughs> hell, I will, I, will, I will probably say as well, worth pointing out, these episodes are probably why we haven't we had slash have to some extent a high opinion of Chiaki J. Kanaka, you know. They he <laughs> yeah. wrote he wrote these episodes. I don't know if it were, did you write all three of them or was it just, just was Yeah, it just... he wrote all three of them in, yeah. in Japanese. Okay. So they Or sorry, not 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 all three of them. Sorry, he wrote the first two. Oh. Well regardless. This third, yeah, this third one's by uh Atsushi Maikawa. Okay. And, and this third one is more like, you know More action oriented. Action yeah. Makes Plus, sense they uh, would have some show. Yes. Yeah, that too. It's um, yeah. Obviously, you know, I'm not going to retread old ground in terms of what we think of of, of Kanaka, but um, it, it's yeah. Th- these episodes are like a big reasons why. And Sloane, you kind of mentioned it earlier with some of the imagery in the second episode, but yeah, a lot of the same sort of energy and <laughs> such of like serial experiments laying can be found here and yeah. will continue to be found as we go through the rest of the episodes. So, um, yeah. Ooh. I do want to say, as like maybe one of my last things, there was a very funny moment early on when when Gallantmon comes out and they start the fight, where Susie's like, "Why is your mouth open?" and it cuts to Lotmon yeah. your mouth open, and Lotmon's like, "Why is yours open?" and I just thought that was like very funny and cute because like they aren't looking <laughs> at each other, but their jaws are dropped on what's happening, and they comment on that. I'm like, "Oh, that's real. That's that's very funny. I like. I yeah. I appreciate like the very slightest hint of brevity after all that has happened." <laughs> Yeah, and like the the notion of Entilamon being like like who is a Deva, essentially, even if she is now Lotmon, like being genuinely wowed by something gives gives a nice sense of like gravity to what's going on yeah. with with, with Gallantmon being a thing. Um I, I thought that was kinda cool. Um Yeah. But I think I've not I've not got much more to say about this one. Has anyone else that you've got any more to to chime in with? I will say it gives me like the first time of like appreciation for Kazu just by like his one line about how he feels like a, he's he's never felt like more like a wuss in his life and he he is very scared for Gardramon especially because Gardramon like does involve himself in this battle like a few times of like trying to like get the attention off everyone and focus on him and also like you know like helping Gallimon out like I I do appreciate like how Gardramon sort of gets involved. And we actually like see a side of Kazu that like, we saw in the other episode a few episodes back. He's he's not just like a, a blowhard. Yeah, yeah. There is the slightest hint of depth to Kazu. Because he was like, "Oh, I'm a big wuss uh, about this," and then like re- realizing, "Wait, no, idiot! You're just feeling feelings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're just having emotions. <laughs> That's all it is." Um, you know, I I I did like that. Um, 
also poor Kenta is still not having a Digimon. Like, yeah, he's just had... he's just sitting there like hiding behind <laughs> every hiding behind like Susie who's holding Lotmon basically. I fucking, I fucking love that they actually gave him something to do in this episode, <laughs> which like you really did not need to in by any stretch of the imagination. But like <laughs> they actually did, which I thought was really funny. Um, like even Rika like doesn't really do much in this particular episode if I remember correctly. So. Um, yeah yeah oh well <laughs> it's um, these are this is a really good set of episodes though and i am really glad that we took the time to sort of carve out a lot of talk for these three because yeah i'd say these three are the most yes. important of this series fundamentally yeah and they are they are a combo like when we were looking over the episode order um i think we originally slow your original plan was like to do two of these in an episode right or or whatever uh but, yeah, it was gonna. It. it was gonna yeah. be. Uh, we were gonna do thirty three and thirty four, and then thirty five and thirty six. But then again, thanks to the help of my co host Tom Scrafty, we we kind of settled on doing this because yeah, looking back, like there is no real way we could have done this if we didn't all do it as one thing. And I yeah, and I I'm glad we did because. It would have been very awkward to say, like, go for, like, the Megijimon episode and then, like, <laughs> yes. and then hold off and then talk about the rest. Yeah. It, it's a funny thing because I was, like, I wasn't sure if there would be too much or whatever because I knew the rough, the rough beats of this episode, but I wasn't sure if I was missing anything. Like, for example, I didn't really remember stuff like Mikuramon dying or, uh, you know, Ketsuramon dying and all that. But mm-hmm. when I was watching the second episode, the third episode here and, like, the amount of the amount of it just being action scenes I was like okay this is going to work so that was kind of cool it's hard mapping this stuff out especially when you started off with a show which was like far more episodic in its nature um, adventure yeah. of course so uh, yeah and I think Tamers is definitely by far and away going to be the most serialized one we watch unless Ghost Game decides to get <laughs> have a big sea change in its structure um, down the line but um well, I, I suppose Digimon Try actually would probably be the most serialized, but you know, <laughs> that doesn't really count. <laughs> we don't talk about that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very different, very different beats to this. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have, though. I mean, just sort of quoting a bunch of long quotes that I really liked. I mean, like. We, we we would be here all day basically because there is a lot of very good quotes throughout these episodes. Yeah, some fun lines. They do like I, I do think overall like you know dub sub changes or things they missed or whatever discrepancies errors and that which you know I, you know there's there's a few notable ones with that we've obviously mentioned in this ep- in this episode. But I think in terms of like just the character dialogue and stuff, it's really good at this point. And and they understand. I think they understand what show they're writing. They understand that like. They don't have to be quips all the time and stuff like that. Like these episodes are treated. Inc- I feel like they are treated incredibly respectfully in terms of the tone, and you know, yeah, just the tone. Yeah, like that, this is these are meant to be somber episodes. Um, like the tone is basically apocalyptic. <laughs> like, yeah. So what did you say? The vibes are rancid. <laughs> the vibes even, are rancid in these episodes. Even, even after Gallantmon appears, it is very much not a. It is not fun times, so... The I'm vibes glad. are not repaired when Gallopmon appears. They just simply stop getting worse. Yeah, it's, it's more like... That, okay, yeah, that kind, of, that kind of describes the whole tone of the show, huh? 
Gallimon appears. It doesn't get worse. It yeah, just it stops, but it's still it's still rancid. Yeah, yeah. Also, I like the um. Oh, last thing I mentioned about this episode in particular, I like the the cell death face that they give Beelzebub even if he doesn't actually die. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought it was nice. I always like a good a good one of those. So, um, I might have appeared somewhere else first, but I always think of Cell from DBZ. Um, is that a lot? Are we done? That's. Yeah, I think we're done. That's, woo! That was a lot of Digimon, y'all. Sure was. So, Scrafty, since we just yes. covered a lot of Digimon, if people want to talk about even more Digimon, where can they talk about Digimon to us too? You can talk to about Digimon to us straight to our inbox at diginovacast at gmail dot com. That's a d i g i novacast at gmail dot com. Uh, or you can slide into our Twitter DM inbox, which is also always open. Uh, feel free to send us anything. You can send us your fanfic, fan art, fan theories, fan questions, what, anything that has the prefix fan. We'll just give it to us. We'll we'll consume it. Send me your fan theories about how just depressed the Wong family is after Tamers. Like I I want to read it really bad. Send send Sloane some prompts for her uh, Jomi twenty twenty one writing. That's hey, that's a good idea. I mean, I have yeah. mine, but I won't. I would not. I would never oh, look at Joe. There's yeah. The, the prompts are already ready. I just got to think of what I want to do for him. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Well, post my idea. What's the prompt? What have you? What are you working with? Is that private? Can you say that? Or there's. I mean, there's thirty of them, so I could go oh. with thirty prompts if you want. No, it's fine. <laughs> You're like, please. I don't want that much. <laughs> That's too much of anything. <laughs> If you need, if if there's thirty of something you can read out loud, that is that is too much. It doesn't matter what it is. So, what if it's um, thirty words? Yeah, even if it was emails. But please, you know, send us we... thirty emails to read out loud. <laughs> okay, but like very different people, please, not the same person. Um, yes. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, please. We I, I, I like I like when we have the mail. So it's it's fun yeah. to do. So yeah, it's always a fun yeah. time. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about now that we've reached like the peak depression point of Tamers, and it's only going to get like more depressing from here. So, yeah, send in some but stuff. Feel free, feel free to send in like ghost game like speculation yeah. or whatever as well, because we are watching that. It did take a break the weekend before recording today, so it's uh, you know we'd have, we we haven't been able to watch that episode. Quite fortunate, really, considering <laughs> considering the episodes we had to recap this week. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I believe it'll be on tomorrow. So uh, yeah, it's tonight even because of uh, the simulcast. So yes, yeah, t- time zones. Hey, but, well, uh, tomorrow for you, tonight yeah, for me. Right. I will wake up and watch that, and then wrestling. <laughs> Sunday <laughs> so, morning yeah. cartoons, they're back. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday morning cartoons. Why not? Sunday there we morning go. anime. Scrafty. Yes. Where can we find you? And where have you been? Where have you been? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to dox yourself like that. <laughs> what have you been, been up to this past week? Where have you been? How have you been? And why? Uh, so I am on Twitter at Scrafty Devil. Recently, I have been continuing to make my way through um, Neo: The World Ends with You, and let me tell you, that third week sure is killer. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. I, I think last time I we did this podcast, I complained about um, week two being very fillery, but 
week three is like more than made up for it. Like I honestly, part of me wonders why they didn't just compress weeks two and three into one like super good week because it's yeah, it's that good. <laughs> it it is like every single day something exciting happens, something cool happens, something interesting happens. Um, the combat has gotten more interesting because they've introduced more enemy types. Like, you spend most of week two fighting basically the same enemies over and over again, especially since there's two different scramble slams in the same week, so there's a lot of battles with the same foes. <laughs> um, but in week three, you get a whole bunch of brand new enemies, uh, all, like, one after the other. Um, and even though they look like, you know, enemies that are familiar, they have their own unique weaknesses and ways of interacting with them. So it's it's been great. I'm I'm t- speaking very vaguely here because I don't want to give away even risk giving away any of the the cool plot twists that that happen in that final uh, stretch of the game. But as of right now, I am on the final day, uh, just about to fight what I think is the final boss. Like I, I have like a save right before the conversation that I feel is going to initiate that. Um, so I'm very very excited to to finish that off. And if things um, follow in the path of the first game, there's probably going to be you know another another day episode which is gonna you know give me five to ten more hours of content so i'm not done with the game yet still got quite a bit to go um but yeah <laughs> there is there is another day it's not quite as like like um wild as the uh as the one in the warden's review original i i don't um, i couldn't imagine it could be considering the original was entirely based on a mini game that does not exist in this one, so I yes. all I give me ten pin slam DLC Square Enix. I will pay you twenty dollars for it's, ten. It's pin kind slam of amazing. DLC. It's kind of amazing how few concepts from the first game get brought back. Like they don't talk about packs at all in this one. They don't talk about tin pin slammer at all in this one. Uh, they mentioned uh, the Reaper Creeper once <laughs> in on the uh, on a single day. I was packs like, don't oh, really yeah, exist that, in this game that. anymore. So that's. I get why that, but there, I I there, want there, ten pin slam back. There is a there is a reference, and it's like incredibly throwaway. So I don't really uh, it doesn't even constitute like okay, a whole moment or anything. But there is there is like yeah they do sort of reference ten pin yeah. Okay, I, um, I I I haven't seen that yet. Then um, no, that's in that's in that's in another day. So yeah. oh yeah, that's right. I I yeah, remember the, now. The the Reaper Creeper reference surprised me though because I I totally forgot that that was a thing, and not only a thing <laughs> but like a pretty important part of the first game's lore <laughs> until they brought it up. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole idea of like how do you communicate with the outside with the with the real ground while in the UG. Yeah. It's like, oh, like this. Yeah, that, that that cast is so great. I I love all of them. Um I can't talk about who I love too much without giving things away, yeah. but they're all cool. Um, they're all cool. They're all cool. I will say my my two favorites are Nagi and uh the week 2 character. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone listening knows about who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's great. It's a very good game. Um, during week two, I was like, "Yeah, it's probably like an eight eight point five, but I think it's probably like nine nine point five as of as of where I'm at right now. So I'm very excited to polish that off, move on to an, another day, so that I can, um, you know, experience yeah. what it feels like to finish a truly great game. <laughs> That's <laughs> sure, always yeah. a good feeling. Other than that, um, I indulged in a stupid curiosity <laughs> this past week, and I watched the. Um, the Netflix Undertaker Choose Your Own Adventure. Game. Oh yes. I'm sorry, right. but what? So, do you remember when Netflix made a really big deal about that Black Mirror special and pretended like they had inv- reinvented the Choose Your Own Adventure game when really it was just, you know, an old-fashioned video Choose Your Own Adventure game? I mean, barely. 
Uh, it was the Bandersnatch. Yeah, like, oh, they won. Nah, they won okay. awards yeah. for that for some reason, even though all it was doing was just stuff that Nine 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 did way better, like a decade ago. Um, but yeah, it's so... Black Mirror. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I watched the Undertaker one, and it is, um, it's special. It's very special. <laughs> it's, uh, it feels like it was a desperate cash grab by the WWE to recoup some of the the money they've been hemorrhaging over the last year. Um, because was it last year or, or the year before that the Undertaker officially quit? Uh, it's it's been recent, but the WWE's been doing quite well in terms of like profit in that. They've just been... oh, has it? Okay, I thought I thought I read somewhere that their their profit margins are are slipping a bit. Uh, maybe they are, but like I think in terms of like raw revenue or something, they've been doing well. The point is, is that they've had a bunch of like they've been offloading a lot of both like on screen and off screen talent, and it's kind of confusing as to why because they've been doing really well. <laughs> so you know <laughs> what's going on, but uh, hey ho. Um, anyway, yes, but that thing starts the new day. I think that's a key detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so that it is. Wards. <laughs> there are some, I, I must say, there are some very weird implications about a dude that we <laughs> we know is a Blue Lives Matter guy hunting down and murdering one of the most oh. popular all-black tag teams in wrestling. Yeah. I, gotta, I gotta take a lap. I'm gonna be right back. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, so bizarre. I didn't, I didn't think of that. It's, it's a, like, you know, the WWE is a multi- I would say probably a multi-billion dollar company, right? Like corporation. Sure, yeah. I mean, they're on the stock market and all that, so... Yeah, you know. and and yet, this looks... This is one of the cheapest looking productions I've ever seen. Like, I I think <laughs> they just shot this in The Undertaker's house, like, partially. It, yeah. Half of it looks like a, like the cheapest possible, like, Halloween horror house that you could go to. Um, I'm like, probably going to say, like, porn or something. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, so half of it looks like a really cheesy, like, Halloween um, haunted house. With like you know, Tesla coils and like you know, uh, dry ice and whatever, and then the other half I think is just the Undertaker's house because it's just a very mundane like kitchen yeah. or living room or whatever. Um, and it, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like you, you can't you know stop your contract and then you know have him go mask off as being like a libertarian weirdo. And then bring him back and expect us to have the same kind of affection and excitement for him, especially when it's in the production this weird and misguided. They have people on the, you know, they have young people who work there and so on who are very much in that in that vein. So I know it's just so does AEW to be to be honest. So like you know, it's just wrestling, isn't it? It's just weird. Like it, it feels like at no point during this production did anyone stop and think about the optics of it. I guess. (laughs) Okay. I and did like, see it on. I did see. I did see it show up on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna check that out." Um, I've since cancelled my Netflix because of this Dave Chappelle shite. Yeah, but... no, I see. I, I I never actually had a Netflix sub. I, I've just been leeching off of someone else who I think is canceling it soon. So, legally, yes. Uh, but but yeah, that that whole situation I find really disgusting. So, uh, but, but that's yeah yeah yeah. That was that was weird. It's um. It's not great. It it just kind of further reinforces my my growing um, distance from that entire entertainment network because I don't, like they're every single time they release something new, it just reminds me again like yeah, there's nothing left for me there. I should just fully full change my all my attention over to AEW at this point. Yes, 
Uh, sorry, I thought, I thought you were talking about Netflix there. I was, I was like, oh. I was like, do you watch Squid Games? It's pretty good. I, I did watch Squid Game. I, I, I watched it um, yeah. with my girlfriend, and we, we kind of blazed through it, and I ended up with the opinion, yeah, that sure is good. I, I sure do want more kaiji anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have, have either of you seen kaiji before? I've no. not, but I kind of know sort of what it's about. So. Yeah, so it's one of my favorite anime. Um, the guy who made Squid Game like very much said that it was inspired by kaiji, um, and uh. it definitely feels it, because... The whole premise of the death games in Squid Game are that they're supposed to be like you know children's games just with like deadly stakes, um, but halfway through it just suddenly swaps and becomes this out of left field game that is taken directly from Kaiji. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's it maybe you wish that the Kaiji live action movies weren't so garbage because they made a lot more of those than they made the anime. Ah, uh, it's a name that I've recognized a lot, so. So, yeah, if if you want to check it out, it, you know there there is a Blu-ray of, of both seasons out right now. Um, if you have a Crunchyroll subscription, it's on there, but for some reason it's locked at 480p because they're cheapos. But um, overall, it was yeah, it, it's it's worth checking out. I I, w- I wish more people would watch Kaiji because um, I see lots of praise and adoration for Squid Game, which is deserved because Squid Game is great. But like Kaiji is also great. Please please watch it. I, I'm begging you. I will pay you money to watch Kaiji. <laughs> How much are we talking here? Uh, I have a couple paper clips in the subway coupon. Oh, you're in. Got it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not watching any anime except for Digimon, of course, until uh, until Mob Psycho Three comes out. Oh yeah, I'm um, so excited for that. Fuck, it's gonna be so good. I didn't uh, even like tweet. I didn't even like tweet about it because I thought it was just a given that everyone's excited about this. Like, I don't know a single person in my circle who is not super hyped for for more Mob Psycho. I think I just tweeted like I, I me, but only because I've never seen it. So if you if you saw it, you would love it. It is everything <gasps> you love in media. Really? What? Okay. Is it you just the Shonen Jump anime for anxiety people with anxiety? <laughs> Sorry, not oh, Shonen okay. Jump. I mean, I mean like the Shonen anime, the, like the Shonen Battle anime for people with anxiety. Like that is okay. Exactly what it is, and the animation is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's the, the, the voice acting is great. It's just yeah, wall to wall, a good time. Go look up the opening like. DOP and and you will fall in love. Will it give me anxiety? No, uh, it might do. Actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the OP? I, I I mean the OP is like the the OP for the first series is like a just a countdown essentially of sorts. So okay, uh, but it's also a banger, and so is the second series. Everything that One Punch Man completely dropped the ball with when figuring out figuring out what to do for a second season is the the exact opposite of that is what one mob psycho 100 did for its second season like they absolutely nailed it and uh i'm sure they will do it again for the third one so it's the same it's bones back again doing it again so yeah they finally got freed from the hero academia gulags to make more of the best anime on tv yeah i think it's just probably like pandemic and stuff has like slowing it down otherwise it might have happened already that's what i like to think anyway but um you know, I I I like them to set the time with it. Similar to like David Pro when they're doing JoJo's, it's like I do think they only wait, they, they only do it when they're like sure they can do it as well as they can. Uh, but in the case of Mob Psycho 100, like it's 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 even better. <laughs> it's like way better than JoJo's. So yeah, that's my bit. How about you, Tom? Where where can we find you? What have you been up to? Yeah, I feel weird because I was just talking a lot through your bit. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I didn't have anything else to say, so I appreciate the um, giving the, the giving me the springboard to to speak off of. I, I think we made good time this episode, so for the most part. But so yeah, um, 
what was going to say. Yes, so you can find me on Twitter at CordmanHot. Um, I've been doing a fair few things. Uh, yeah, I watched Squid Game, like I mentioned, so that, that was very good. thought that was very enjoyable. Lived up to the hype, which is nice. I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but I'm mentioning it again. Um, what else? Um, I just saw Venom. Oh, Venom, let there be carnage. Um, I wish they just called <laughs> oh, it like Venom. I, I cannot believe that that's the real subtitle for that movie. That's I love so, it. That's so perfect. Hey, guess what? They say that line in the film. So. Of course nice. they do. Yeah. That's all that matters. They don't literally say Venom, let that be carnage, but like, you know, that would have been, that would that maybe would have been too much even for this, but Woody Harrison does chew every single other line that he's given, so um, it's a very fun film. They really lean into the whole like, Eddie Brock and Venom are a married couple sort of thing, so. Yeah, it makes me sad that they, they took away his Ronald McDonald wig. <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, but the, he's the dressed. He's dressed not much better, so yeah. But like the wig he had in the first, in the, the 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 stinger of the first movie, um, it just made me so happy because it looked like they picked it up at Party City like ten minutes before the shoot started. It's not styled. <laughs> it's, it's not like primed. It's not conditioned. It, they just threw it on his head and shot. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um. <laughs> but I think that yeah, it's a really fun film. I think the the plot is just whatever. But like, you know, if you want to see Venom fight Carnage on film, then I think it like kind of is up to that for the most part. Um, yeah, but it is a really just having fun with the whole Venom like their symbiotic relationship and what that actually means. Um, there is a lot of like extremely intentional like uh queer undertones to it. <laughs> let's say, um. Like there is a scene where Venom pretty much has a Venom pretty much has a coming out scene at one point. So uh, <laughs> how, how so? Please please explain. You can't just drop that in here. And, okay, and, and right. So obviously spoilers for the film. So I don't know. Just flash forward a bit, like like a minute or so. But um, there is a scene where like they kind of fall out, Venom and Eddie Brock, um, and Venom actually like just t- detaches himself from Eddie and like goes solo for a bit. Um, and he ends up going to like he ends up like slapping one person, and he's at like he's at like this rave, um, where like Little Sims is playing. But they it's like a it's like it's supposed to be obviously like a queer rave of some sort, um, or like a pride thing or what have you. Does he take MDMA? <laughs> Not quite, but everyone's like okay, in costume. Well, jury is out then. <laughs> Jury's out. <laughs> he he is MDMA to be fair. Um, the like so he's there and he's just like being himself. He's like he's like hooked onto someone else and is like, you know, in venom form, like full on like big hulking dude. Um, but everyone else is in costume, so they just think it's a cool costume. <laughs> like very, <laughs> very like okay, you're kind of stretching my disbelief here, but whatever. Um, and then he, he ends up at this like he ends up having like all these glow rings thrown on top of him, and he's and he's like he's, he's having a good time, and he gets up on stage at one point and like grabs the microphone and he's like talking about how he's free from like you know eddie eddie was weighing him down and now he's finally free to be who he wants to be and everyone thinks he's just talking about like his boyfriend or something that he was that's that he amazing was, like, he's, he's left and he, you know what he pretty much was <laughs> so 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 like, does that mean that eddie is a toxic is a toxic straight holding that the gay venom back no it, no they are they are both gay for each other um, <laughs> but like they are yeah they just have a falling out because eddie doesn't want venom to eat people's heads and venom would very much like to eat people's heads uh, I see. And also, and also, so, and also so it's about anal it. then. Venom. About... Um, I'm literally neurodivergent and a minor. 
Venom is 8,000 years old, apparently. <laughs> like, oh, darn says, it. He says it at the end of the film. It's really funny. Um, there's a really cool post credit scene in that film as well, which I won't spoil, but... Um, I've, I've already seen it. It's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, they're, they're really doing it, aren't they? They're really doing it. Yeah. They're doing it, but they're doing it in the Venom, in the most Tom Hardy Venom way that you would want them to do it. So, um, in terms of, like, how they can <laughs> approach that whole thing. So, um, it's very funny. And, yes, um, the rest of it is kind of, kind of really trash. <laughs> but, like... I don't know. It's it's kind of fun. Um, but it's not very long either, which I appreciate. Um, other than that, I have been playing through Metroid Dread, which I think I beat last time I was on here, actually. I can't remember. But I played through it again on hard mode, and I beat it, and it was really fun. Um, the boss only took me a few tries. <laughs> the final boss only took me a few tries, which goes to show how much that was about like pattern recognition, really. Um, nice. But um, yeah, that felt good. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of flipping between games. I'm playing a lot of mobile stuff lately. Um, I've been playing World More World Flipper. I've been playing the World Flipper is doing a funny thing where like they're just like basically fast forwarding through like all of the other events, like holiday events that they've done previously for the Japanese version of the game. So like there was a there was a Christmas one a bit ago. Now there's a New Year's one on right now. <laughs> it's just like uh, and they were like. In, in the patch notes, it's like, New Year's in October? Why not? And it's like, okay, we know what you're doing. <laughs> like, you're just trying <laughs> to get get it up to speed with, like, the... But the the, the good news is it's all these events come with, like, freebies and stuff, so there's, like, a nice, decent barrage of, like, free gifts and stuff, and I've not spent a penny on that game yet, and I feel like, I've, I feel like I'm cheating it, to be honest, but I think it's doing okay See, that's itself. That's how the... Remember... <laughs> Uh, it's the same thing yeah. with no, hard no, drugs I, I know, as it is with gacha. The first hit is always was, free. But the first, it's not the first hit. This is like the 17th hit or something. Like it's no, been see, very you're, you're still in the first hit period, though? Uh, it feels like it's it's been out for like a couple of months now or something. Like I think it's been like one month. Like, pretty even. Really? God, that not fast. I don't think so. It feels, it feels like they've had... I don't know. Anyway, point is, is that, yes, I'm fully aware, but I'm not about to spend money on it. Um, I, I don't like look, you do a few temples and that with like, you know, like I say I've not spent any money on it, but you do a few temples and you're going to get some that are just like pants and then that feeling of just like watching all these characters you've already got like roll by, it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that, so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like take the approach of like, if I can do that, I will be pleasantly surprised if I get a good character, but I'm not, I'm not so yeah, don't worry, I'm very good about not having these things get its hooks into me and you should yeah. also, you you listener should also be careful when playing any game with gacha elements I'm, I'm, box elements so. i'm the same way yeah like i haven't i haven't paid a single penny for pokemon masters and i have i've been playing it for like two years now and i basically have every single unit that i have I've ever wanted just by playing for free so like nice. nice if you're patient you can get what you want just don't be impulsive like if there's a character that mm, you know yeah. you want coming up just save up for it like, you don't have to pull your money on this stuff. Yeah. Wood Flipper is also nice because it's, like, these are all original characters, and therefore I have no, like, predilections in terms of, like, oh, I really want this character or whatever. It's just like, oh, here's a cool pirate lady. Nice. Or here's a cool dragon. I don't know. It's a, I don't know. There's a robot with a trench coat, and he's cool. He's not even five star. He's only four star, but he's cool. He looks cool, and he has a decent special, so I'm happy. Yeah, I love Q from Street Fighter 3 third strike <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is like that but like a like a like a 
current, like a modern designed version, but he's a bit more like sure. A, a 90s, like, Q always looks to me like a 90s comic book character. Like, he's like, if you cross the question, like, the DC's the question with, um, <laughs> yeah. like, a Transformer, essentially. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, he has, he has that sort of energy. So, yeah, I've been playing World Flipper. Um, I've been playing all the stuff here and there, Pokemon Go and stuff, but, like, yeah, that's kind of all I've been up to, so. Sloan, where can we find you and what have you been uh, doing with yourself? Uh, you can find me at Sloan Reset. I beat the Great Ace Attorney 2, Resolve. That's a, probably my favorite Ace Attorney game. Uh, there's the there. struggle of, like, um... You have to kind of get through the first, and the first... I mean, I like the first, but it is kind of slow in parts. But once you reach the second, like, it's very good. And especially the last three the last three episodes are just fantastic. Yeah, I think um, 3, 4, 5 in Grace Attorney 2 is the, the the single greatest run of cases in any Ace Attorney game ever. Yeah, those are those are my favorites, like, hands down. Like, it, it's very good. I, I very much enjoyed that game. Like, I was staying up till, like, past 1 a.m. the past few nights like finishing it and then i played like all yes like half of yesterday because i just had to see it through before we recorded because i i both i wanted to finish it because it's been on my plate for a while but also i was like oh like i i gotta see how this turns out and that's a very good game i like it uh i still have i have a lot of more games to play um i have a funny story actually uh with the outer wilds dlc um there's a part in that where things get noticeably scarier I'm going to try and be as vague as possible. Yes. You you enter into an area that is like pitch black. And I knew that there were scary things out there. And I took like five steps forward. And no, everything is basically pitch black. Like you can barely see like a few feet ahead of yourself. And I walked five feet forward, like towards a tree. And I got so scared that I just straight up all tabbed out of the game and exited out of it because I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's how, oh, like knowing, knowing what was coming up, yeah. I was just so like terrified that i was like nope not tonight can't do that that's funny so i gotta go back to that soon i'm not laughing at you sloon i'm just laughing at like the image i have in my head of like you just like it's it's the classic thing of like the one guy playing like the maze game where the (laughs) the screamer (laughs) comes up um and they just like and just like like, his computer for all i know there (laughs) was like no actual danger like anywhere nearby but I, I just was like, there's probably something that is going to, to come out and be dangerous. I I can't do this. And I just straight up, and not even just like I paused and exited, I all tabbed out and then right clicked on the icon and said, close game. And I, I, just, I was like, nope. <laughs> you got to remember to uninstall the game as well. Yeah, uninstall. <laughs> so I've got, a, I've that. got that to finish. I got Psychonauts 2. Um, in terms of Switch stuff, I have... Uh, I'm getting back into Three Houses a little bit because I, I ended up never finishing my Blue Lions run. So I want to get to that. And then I have a few other games. So it's mostly just um, kind of figuring out what I want to do and sort of dedicating some time to a few of the games that I want to get to before the year ends. So, so you, not much on my end so either. Sloan, you're saying, what you're saying is, is you're saying uh, Blue Lions matter? Wah, wah, wah. That's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Next week. <sighs> Tom, I'm Tom, sorry. Tom. Next week, we've got fine. episodes 37 and 38. Hopefully, things will be less depressing, but I have a feeling that they won't be. They won't be. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Not until we finish this damn show. It's, it's going to be 
continue depression. And then it gets more depressing because we're at Frontier. Yes. <sighs> oh, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Sure, you'll enjoy it. Sure. I'm going to uh-huh. have fun. Okay. Anyways, episodes 37 38 next week. This has been the NovaCast, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone.